0: La da la da. Yep. Whoa.
1: Yeah, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Fuck? I'm just a little sleepy, I gotta shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. I got my coffee, got my water. I don't know why I'm sleepy. The last time we were talking about episodes, they were, like, really good. Mm-hmm. They, they should should have excited me more. You're,
0: you're still exhausted from the three-hour recording we did.
1: Probably, yeah. <laughs> Which was whittled down into one-hour recording,
0: hopefully, or at least an hour and a half. How is on... that po- That's not possible.
1: <laughs> I took an hour out of the last two Last Airbender retrospectives, so... Jesus. Yeah. I... I might be the next Thelma shoemaker.
0: I don't think so.
1: But... No, probably not. But well, what I am is the host of this podcast, the Avatar Legend of Korra Retrospective. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me is my co-host, Matt Garingo.
0: That's me. Yeah. And the other one.
1: The other one. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing tonight, Matt? It is 2021. We are here. We're celebrating a new year
0: new Korra, new avatar stuff it's actually thanksgiving 2020 you don't have to tell them that though listen people time is an illusion um, just like death and pants can't wait until i have grandkids and then they listen to these recordings and then they're really embarrassed i think they'd be proud no <laughs> by by then, it's like it like we've we've canceled all animated shows made before 2023 because they all contain some horrible thing we didn't even realize because that's what happens
1: Pro- probably. But uh, what we're not going to cancel is this podcast. Damn it, we're going to finish the back half of Book One, Air of Legend of Korra. So we're going over Air six of chapters the today. Of Korra. Well, yeah,
0: Air, yeah. yeah. The book's air. Book air. A lot of, lot of air talk in this. A lot of air talk.
1: A lot <laughs> of air talk in this. Maybe not so much of the... We'll get into it, but I I think there is a genuine issue in the back half of this season, which, all things considered, is otherwise very well-paced, very <laughs> exciting.
0: I will, I will say... Here's the ultimate point I think I'm going to end up making. I remembered the first season of Legend of Korra being super rough, right? hmm um, I remember rewatching it. it. It's a lot better than I remember, and I would go so far as to say it's actually a very solid season. And I think it just, like, in that last episode, it fucks up the landing slightly. Okay. And it's, it's a problem where they kind of needed a perfect landing. Mm-hmm. And instead it like just, it like hits one wrong foot and then just kind of misses it by a little bit.
1: Okay. But you so liked it.
0: I, I think this is a fine season of television and I regret any shit talking I've done of Legend of Korra season one. Okay, um, Cause it's really, I guess the problem I really had was the last episode. <laughs> okay.
1: We, we can get into that. I think I have some issues with the last episode and something that happens in that last episode that could have been weaved in a little better or executed a little better. But uh, let's talk about chapter seven, the aftermath. It's the aftermath of the attack on the pro bending tournament. Mm-hmm. Amon's made this big statement. It's the wars come to Bossing ba Say. Basically, no, whoa, Bossing Say, wrong, wrong, wrong season, wrong city, wrong city, wrong, wrong city. Um, uh, it's come to Republic City, yes. and uh. Well, let's, let, what did you think about this one? Picking up after like a big action-heavy episode.
0: Um, I'm, it's gonna be hard for me to judge the individual episodes because they kind of blend together in this one. Yeah. I watched so, like okay, so, one straight okay, so shot. Then,
1: yeah, um, should we? No, we'll go should... we'll go
0: episode by episode. Um, okay, but uh, just for like to keep the plot coherent, mm-hmm. unlike Oliver Stone's JFK. No, fine. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't. I won't I <laughs> no, won't. no, it's, yeah, that's yeah, fine. I won't. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of blends together a little bit. And also, I think that if I'm talking about how I enjoyed this a lot more, I think this show maybe just works a lot better when you aren't waiting week to week per episode. Yeah. Whereas I think Last Airbender, a lot of those episodes really stand on their own. Um, this time it's kind of like you kind of need to see the whole picture before you can make... Uh, uh, full judgment of the thing
1: yeah I would go as far to say I remember later seasons handling that better while also still being much more designed uh, for like the binge watching serialized format that kind of became the standard of shows in the 2010s you know
0: yeah Uh, it's just that thing of like It's weird thinking back to when this was coming out and it was a week-to-week thing, which I was watching week-to-week. Like, I can't imagine really doing that now.
1: Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, Um, But I I did watch like that as well, and that was really exciting to talk to, like, all my friends about and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: but I also think that's, like, where the insidious, like, nerd culture shit comes in. Mm Because, like, that one week gives a lot of time for speculation, you know? Yeah, and then it's that's that thing where like certain ideas start taking root in the fandom, and then when those ideas either like don't come true, or they sometimes even when they do, it can upset a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of weird because I do like that weight. Like for Twin Peaks, <laughs> that was like legendary, right? Yeah. Um, and right now, like with the Mandalorian. I think it, that's a that's a fun show because even though I think it's actually gotten very good, there's still not a lot of meat on the bones. But it's still fun to like. Okay, we're all we'll all tune in next week, and it's kind of like this communal experience on Twitter, especially because everyone's been like inside all the time, right? Uh huh. Um, that's not a show that I think like would work with a more heavy serialized format like like Cora does. I can't Whereas, speak like, yeah. for
0: the Mandalorian because I'm not watching it currently. Um, but, uh, yeah, Twin Peaks definitely, just because... I, I mean, but also Twin Peaks kind of helps that no matter what fan theory you could come up with between <laughs> weeks, like, it won't work no matter what, even if you're right. Like, someone's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, well, no. You know, unless you're those... Who are those fucking guys that did that, like, four-hour Twin Peaks video? Oh, I have um, no idea. <laughs> yeah. They're they just uploaded a Mulholland Drive video.
1: Oh, is it, like, 20 hours?
0: I think it was just an hour, thankfully.
1: Okay. Because, like, if you do something, like, on Inland Empire, that's, like, a year of your life. Yeah. (laughs) You
0: know? (laughs) Well, I think it's been a year since that Twin Peaks video. Oh, fuck. There you go. (laughs) Put a shocking amount of effort into those videos. (laughs) Just to be like, here's the right opinion about Twin Peaks. Oh, oh, it's like that. Okay, so they're, like just it's approaching not, it like that <laughs> it's not that harsh but it's kind of like twin peaks solved you know it's one of oh, those oh
1: okay so it's that, like fundamentally the wrong way to watch twin peaks
0: yeah i mean they put they put it together in a nice way but it's also like you don't want it to be like that's you should never walk away from twin peaks going that that's the dominant idea
1: yeah yeah on. every every david lynch thing is like what do you kind of take away from it yeah Whereas Legend of Korra is not really that. In fact, I think the themes, while a little messy in the in this season, mm-hmm. uh, are, are otherwise pretty consistently stated. And as we'll see in these episodes, actually approached a lot better than I remembered.
0: Too. Yeah, it, I, I totally forgot kind of the shift that happens in the middle of these episodes, mm-hmm. which feels like shockingly relevant. Um, and I, I thought it was handled very well. Um, but again, I it's, too. it's like this thing where it's like, it was working so well, but then it's that thing of, I'm, I, there's gotta be something like similar to this. That I just can't think of where it's like, you set up all these big ideas, but then like, you just can't wrap those ideas up, you know? Like, yeah. no matter how, like, even if you gave him more time or episodes, even with like a better grasp on the issue i don't think you can really wrap up a lot of what's like they they bring up questions too many good questions Mm -hmm. and then they make you kind of sit there with them And i think that would have been the answer to more like embrace the ambiguity of it but i maybe it's like a lingering effect from when this was supposed to be a mini-series before it became a full series Mm -hmm. that they try to kind of wrap things up very quickly yeah. And whereas it's, like, it's one of those endings where it should have been, like, no, no, certain things should remain unresolved. hmm And, I mean, some stuff is, but it's more treated like it has been resolved, which is a little <laughs> awkward. It is a little awkward. um, But for the yeah. aftermath,
1: I... Because I, we should roughly yeah, we should structure t- these discussions around episodes well, one leading thing, into the
0: finale. One thing I like about it is that they've been doing the... Uh, which, this has been pissing me off, the Netflix thing skips the intro if you watch it on Netflix. Which has been bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> so, thankfully I have Cora on DVD, so I just started watching it there. Um, but, because this intro I actually think is very important, where they, they shift from kind of like the old school serial style, you know what I'm talking about? hmm With the intro to where the intro this one is straight up propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Coming from Tarlock. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's, like, placing the blame at the feet of the Avatar and Lin Beifong. And I thought that was, like, a really interesting shift. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the Clone Wars, um, where the Clone Wars kind of had, like, that, like, news on the March vibe in their intros. Oh, yeah, it's really similar to that. Yeah, which also taps into, kind of kind of had the Starship Troopers vibe. Of, like, would you like to know more? Yeah. So I just connected Legend of Korra to Citizen Kane and uh, <laughs> Starship Troopers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, shit's, shit's Bad is the short version. I'm finding this a little more difficult to talk
1: about than the last Airbender episodes because those stories were so, like succinctly wrapped up yeah. in individual episodes. So, like, I, I do want to structure this after the individual episodes, but also, like, let's just kind of use these as, like, bullet points. I, I think yeah. there's just going to be stuff we're going to have to miss or skip over. Mm-hmm. But, like, let, let's get it all out of our system. Um, Good luck. Initially,
0: I, I wrote down shit I know I want to talk about. So.
1: Okay. Yeah, 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 I mean, get 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 it out there, but I'm going to guide the conversation along a little faster, I think, but than there last are... time.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, definitely this time, I think, we will be a lot quicker. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll find out if we're still here in three hours, but...
1: We will. Uh, I just want to say that last time we recorded, I mentioned that I had a fear on my first viewing of how a certain character arc was going to go down, and mm-hmm. uh, Asami Sato, like, a far lesser show, would have just made her another antagonist for Korra. Not just a yeah. relationship, like a romantic antagonist, or a uh, competition but, like, a genuine, like, villain. Like, oh, yeah, her, like, her romantic competition is going to turn evil because that's the easy out. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take it here, which I greatly appreciated.
0: There's a little bit of fumbling going on in these (laughs) these next few episodes, but I think the thing I like is that Asami and Korra never, like, start competing with each other, like, on an extreme level, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, that I, <laughs> I keep bringing up that whenever either Asami or Korra is pissed off, they lay the blame at Mako's feet, which is entirely justified. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of where I was getting like a lot of my enjoyment, um, this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this episode kind of has a bit of an arc with it, which is they start off with, uh, the stadium has been shut down. So here's something I I guess I kind of missed. Um, have Rocco and Bolin been living at the stadium?
1: Yeah, they live above the gym training area.
0: Okay, oh yeah. So they that's, that's kind of that. like
1: living above the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know?
0: that's, uh, that does not seem like a great place to live.
1: No, no, it doesn't. And I like that it does uproot them, and it's like, oh, well, now they need like a place to live.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's some nice awkwardness in Korra showing up and being like, hey, I got you rooms at the Air Temple. And so you guys come over there, and it's like, oh, that's great, Korra, but Asami invited us to live at her giant mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and again, it's this thing of, like, she's trying, like, I don't know, it's, it's difficult, because I don't think it's super overt that she's, like, trying to get with Mako or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She It feels more like she's insecure that she's living at some fucking nomad temple, and Asami's got, like, a rich mansion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah
1: yeah and at the very least it's not just because of the, ro- the romantic conflict with mako mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's she does care about like mako and bolin like apart from that you know and, like there was a genuine concern there and a little bit of that insecurity you were mentioning so yeah. I, it flowed a lot better than i remember because i remember specifically a lot of the criticism in like fan circles was that it's like Oh, it, it is kind of ro- uh, a love triangle. And it's like, it, it, it is, but it's like not.
0: I think it, they, it's
1: they were trying the to tap it.
0: I think they were trying to tap into like, this will be a weird person, but maybe like a Degrassi vibe. Did you ever watch Degrassi?
1: I was never a Degrassi kid, but I my know what you're talking about. S- because sister... I watched Skins.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> sister loved both of those. And I didn't see much of Skins, but I saw a ton of Degrassi. And um, I think they felt like, all right, we're, we're aging the characters up. This isn't like a children on an adventure story. This is a teen story. So let's put in a lot of teen drama. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, she likes him, but he likes her, and they like them. Like, there's a lot of that <laughs> going on. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot of teen dramas. And I guess that's the high school experience for a lot of people. I don't remember having too much stuff like that actually go down when I was in high school. <laughs> um, but I think it was one of those things where it's like they're like, oh, it's a teen drama. Let's put in some teen drama. And then all the teens watching like violently rejected it. <laughs> so <laughs> they, like, they, they definitely pull out of doing more of that uh, as things go on. But I think for what it is, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the problem is when it was that week-to-week release – And you have all this because it's like a gun waiting to go off, you know, the fact that all these people have complicated emotions, and you're waiting for it to go off, and you like, you're afraid that the show you love is gonna hurt you in some way,
3: you know, (laughs) like it's gonna
0: totally betray you, where it's like Asami suddenly like does like a heel turn, she's like, actually, I've been manipulating all of you the whole time, which would have been terrible.
1: Yeah, like, Uh, we wouldn't be doing this show, probably, if that
0: happened. I mean, we would probably, if we, you know, I don't know, if it was just this season, and then, like, they pulled out of it again, uh, but, yeah, it would have been awkward. So I think a lot of the animosity, it kind of came from that tension of waiting week for week, Mm -hmm. and being like, oh god, I hope they don't do it. But a B-plot to this episode, Uh, we meet the Cabbage Guy again.
1: Yes, who is uh, running now a Cabbage Corp?
0: Cabbage Corp, which is also a technologies company.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's like just one of those jokes for fans, mm-hmm. but it does make me laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it took, it's I think some of the fan servicey stuff that shows up, you could tell they were like actually working really hard not to hit like the expected fan beats. Mm-hmm. And I think a few of them, like, come up, and I kind of go, like, okay, I get why fans like this. Um, they don't have to cut ahead, but when we get the flashback to Sokka, and he's like, I remember using my boomerang one time. <laughs> you know, my trusty
1: boomerang.
0: And you're voice like, yeah. by... Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Cabbage Corp is investigated, and they're working with the Equalists, And... I don't know did this ever get resolved was cabbage corp framed cabbage corp was framed okay that's that's
1: mentioned uh in one of the later episodes I can't even remember like specifically which one but mm. they were framed and um Cora is the only one that initially is like it's it's Mr. Sato and I, again I like that the show doesn't like mm. Like, the, the conflict comes from Mako being an idiot and being like, this is just because you like me and I'm with a Sony. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, you idiot. Like, I think her dad's a terrorist.
0: Well, it's also like... like, Korra, what What I really like about Korra as opposed to Aang, like, Aang had his, like, you know, every hero has their doubts and shit like that. Um, but Korra has doubts in a way that are very different than Aang, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this thing where it's like, she overhears him on the phone being like, everything is going according to plan, which is a little like cartoon villainy, yeah. but, uh, whatever. It's a kid show. <laughs> like, uh, she just happened to be walking past the hallway when he was making that phone call. Uh, and it's kind of ends up being a trap. So maybe that was the point. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but, uh, she, there is a part of her when Mako's like, you're just doing this cause you're jealous cause Mako sucks. <laughs> and um, there's a part of Cora that's like, am I doing this because I'm jealous? You know, like she's like she on her, on the surface she's like, no, I I heard what I heard, but you can tell she like doesn't trust her own feelings on it, which is part mm-hmm. of her struggle. Um, which is what, and also what's really painful about it is that she accuses uh, Mr. Sato like after, uh, her and Asami kind of have the first real friendship moment on the show like they've been kind to each other but course kind of like standoffish a little bit she's jealous a little I wouldn't say jealous it's just like awkward
2: mhm
0: and then that's how he's like I got a cool car <laughs> and then they go they go riding in the car and then it becomes Ford versus Ferrari for like 2 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is another argument for how they should add like greasy italians to the avatar universe oh my god <laughs> do a whole season about trying to build the perfect automobile
1: <laughs> well no you know? here they're the sato mobiles
0: mm. yeah <laughs> I
3: have...
0: well i guess ford called him the model t ford so whatever Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sato mobiles cool <laughs> um also much like fucking ford uh mr sato's a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> didn't henry ford like try to build a utopia in the jungle or something like that what (laughs) i think that's a real thing that happened
1: hang hang on let me see (laughs) just looking
0: like uh henry ford utopia or something like that i might be confusing it with fordlandia the failure
1: (laughs) of ford's jungle utopia yes
0: so this is, this is a kid show, and I'm making fun of Mr. Sato for being a cartoon villain, but then there are also people like that in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, like, and the antagonists it, in this series, is that the real-life parallels are more than just, like, they're not pull, pulled out of a hat like something like Harry Potter, yeah. I
0: guess. Well, it's also this thing of, like, it used to be you'd watch shows and be like, no one would be that on-the-nose evil. <laughs> and then like the last four years
2: yeah, of a guy yeah being, just... like
0: telling his followers to beat up reporters that are in the stands while he's giving a speech and then denying it later <laughs> even though we have video of him saying it it's like oh no that's they're gonna be that evil
1: <laughs> no it's well
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh also isn't henry ford did you do square dancing in school
1: no no I think like, that might have been a East Coast thing.
0: Yeah, cuz I believe the story is Henry Ford is the one who pushed square dancing on public schools as a way to stop kids from dis- dancing the jazz music. Wow. Because he was like an insane racist and like didn't like black music. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the priority of rich people in this country.
1: Yeah, not a lot's changed. Not <laughs> so. nope. it's
0: not in fact it's changed exactly zero ways, but
1: <laughs> Um uh. we should also mention that uh uh Lin Baifong and Cora start um a- after their little team up in the last episode, there's a there's a much more like sense of camaraderie between them. Like they're yeah. far less standoffish by by the beginning of this episode, which I which I liked
0: a lot. Well, Lynn's like up against the wall because she's like, if I fuck up one more time, like, I'm gonna look bad, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she's been fucking up. She was the one who's like, we gotta have the ceremony, and then it got bombed. Um, so, <laughs> we gotta have the games. And so that didn't go over super well. Um, and it's not going, because well the investigation at first um, doesn't turn up anything. Um, except they do, this is when they point out that uh, Mr. Sato might, he has a motive because his wife was killed by a firebender. Hmm. Um, which is also again this interesting thing where like they keep bringing up that like a it's also you know Mago and Bolin's parents were killed, but they're benders. So it's again where it's like these people are missing what actually might be the root of the problem in the city. They investigate the factory, they find nothing. But then some guy there passes a note to Korra. Yeah. And he's like meet me under the bridge at midnight. It's like some fucking deep throat shit. And... <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and then he's like. Hey, look, I was an equalist, but then it started getting violent, and now I'm not an equalist anymore.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, like,
0: dude, what What was the goal before then? <laughs> like, I do well, like that he's kind of like, I just wanted equality for non-benders. I didn't want to fucking start fucking up benders, you know? Hmm. I guess it's a good point to make.
1: Yeah, and... It's one of those things where you can't really draw real-life parallels to too much because it. I think it starts getting a little weirder, which, again, I think is part of where the criticisms come from for this season. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know this is kind of a big subject to start at the beginning of this <laughs> retrospective episode, but uh, uh, there's been a lot of turning on, Um, like, that Toph became a police officer yeah. in... Uh, In Republic City, and everyone's like, oh, a cab. And I'm like, yes, I agree. But like, this is also a fantasy reality where uh, the police are not like explicitly tied to slavery. You know what I mean? That's
0: that's the thing.
1: Like, Um, it's different rules. And I don't think we talked about it in Last Airbender a lot, but I don't think we can really rely on fiction to express things that we need to change in reality all the well, time I think you know i
0: i think it's just more it exposes how much of a blind spot portraying the police and media has been you know mm-hmm. like i feel like maybe cora you know if you're raking a fantasy universe you don't need police in it you know yeah <laughs> you could be like well it's a diff you know there's someone that keeps order but they're not police and they don't operate like the police but we all. I mean, again, it's like we can dunk on Cora for it because we've definitely gone through a huge culture shift.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like I, I, I basically have to cancel like ninety percent of the media I consume.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I love Miami Vice. What's yeah. Miami Vice about? <laughs> you
0: know, like... well, I love. Yeah, I love Michael Mann movies, and like yeah. half of them involve the cops. And I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is a comedy show about a police force. <laughs> which is also in like trouble right now. Cause it's still on starring Andre Brower, who was fucking on uh homicide life on the street, which was another great cop show, which also leads directly into the wire, which is <laughs> another one of my favorite shows, which is a cop show. And man, I've been rewatching it lately. Does, is that going to age like milk? Oh, <laughs> it's still very good. But like all the police stuff is like going to be like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's just, I I think it was just a huge blind spot for a lot of people, even people that have been kind of like anti-cop, because I've always kind of considered myself more like, you know, anti-authority and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But for some reason, my brain didn't do the next logical leap of being like, we should get rid of the police. Yeah. And now I've kind of done that, and it's like, oh wow, everything I watch is now awful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can't watch anything with cops anymore now. And it's it's, it's kind of nuts in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that's a good sign. <laughs> I,
2: I, hope I hope so
1: too.
0: That it, a lot of people are uncomfortable like me. So I hope that shift is coming. Um,
1: yeah, really. But uh, let me just springboard off that back into the episode because mm. that made it more exciting. Not to skip over the rest of it. We can still talk about the rest of the, the aftermath episode. But like. Mm. When Chief Beifong was like, I'm quitting the force to rescue my officers. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going off book. I was like, fuck yeah. You
0: know? She, says some, she literally says something like, "Work. I gotta work outside the law. Yeah. Like, Maybe could have phrased it better, but all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of cops feel like they're just doing that sometimes. I feel like that's part of the problem.
1: Oh, no, 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 totally. But for this fictional fantasy program... Yeah. It was exciting. Um,
0: I guess I'm just saying that if you're throwing the weight at, like, Toph became a cop, which isn't great, you know? It's mm-hmm. like we have to throw out so much because that's what happens, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So many it's, things kind of – I mean, Han Solo kind of became a, came a cop, you know? Joined the Rebels and then the New Republic. Well, the Re- – okay, that's that's –
1: Star Wars is, I think, is a very special situation because there's like explicitly no police force. There's yeah. like a marshal. There's the Jedi. There's like the clone troopers are like an anomaly. Like having a standing army was like an anomaly mm-hmm. in the in the galaxy far, far away. Having an remember? army
0: in the Star Wars universe was an anomaly.
1: I, I'm just going off of like what we've seen <laughs> in the films, right? Yeah. Yeah they had no standing army for the republic. That was a big that was the point of the prequels. It's a big deal that they got an army. Mm-hmm. And the rebels only sprouted because the empire started imposing, you know, their rule across the galaxy, their fascist mm-hmm. regime. So I don't know, that that's a bigger topic that I think is actually worth discussing at a future point cuz like that does get really interesting.
0: We start getting into like military industrial complex shit as the show goes on.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, which, like not the spoil things, but I think the show does get a lot smarter with how uh, it starts implementing these things. Yeah. That is that it. Frankly, does not get credit for.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were just so turned off by the first season being a little rough that maybe you know, which I understand if you want to go in with your defenses up for every subsequent season. Mm -hmm. And I can't blame anyone for walking away being like, oh, well, you know, it had X, Y, and Z problem, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fine. But, you know, I think there's a lot of merit here. I just find it Mm -hmm. unfortunate that if I type Korra into YouTube, like, the top three videos are, like, why Legend of Korra is terrible.
1: Yeah that's, yeah, that's really a, a bummer. But if you look up Legend of Chora lo-fi mixes, there's a lot of those, and there's a lot of love in those comment sections. I know yeah. this because I've been editing to those music playlists, so thank you everyone that's assembled those. They're very relaxing, and they're very calming, and I love them dearly.
0: So, alright, to get back to the episode, oh, um, yeah. Deep Throat tells them that they got... Uh, <laughs> Like, that Mr. Sato has a secret factory under his mansion, um, which is a it leads to a scene that all right, this is where the this is a weird little moment, but I have to bring it up. Um, so then the, the so Asami's all pissed because Kora's accused her father. and Korra does not handle it with any tact whatsoever.
3: Mm-hmm. she
0: She could have been like, this is just procedural. Like, kind of held back on her suspicions, but she goes up to Asami and is like, "I heard your father on the phone. He's an equalist." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so that uh, that that could have been handled a little better. Yeah, um,
1: I, I I don't want to drill your point. If you have if you have like a quick thing, go ahead. But like, uh, I just want to say that why I love that about Cora.
0: Um, you can say that totally, we can, and then I'll get back to my point.
1: Okay, well, like, cause Ang was like the definition of a people person, you know? <laughs> and Cora because of her upbringing, we talked about it a little bit last time again, but uh, I just want to, like, reiterate how much I love that and how much that does, like, contextualize her actions, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, she just she can't quite get there with, like, talking to people.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. there's still,
1: like, some, some barrier she's got to get through or crawl over, and she just... She's so stubborn and, and thick-skulled, but it's, like, how else is she supposed to react, you know? This is, like, her first real, like, like month of freedom, you know, in the real bit, world.
0: She's got a little bit of, like, this will be a weird comparison maybe, but, like, Ned Stark qualities. Where Ned Stark would just go around to everyone being like, I think you're committing treason. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, well, we gotta kill Ned Stark now, like... <laughs> Cora does a lot of that where she's like hey I think you're evil and then it's like well I am and you walk into my trap <laughs> so,
1: yeah I to... never thought about that but wow yeah <laughs> it it's pretty accurate.
0: accurate works out better for Cora than it did for Ned Stark but yeah. uh, Cora <laughs> goes through some shit um, but the moment that uh, stuck uh, stuck out to me was that then they're like alright we gotta find the secret factory under the mansion so they show up and they're like She's like, oh, God, you're at this again. Asami's all pissed. And, and they're like, yeah, we think there's a factory under your house. She's like, you think I would know if there was a factory under my house? And then they go, well, where's your father right now? And then she's like, oh, he's just in the secret work shack in the backyard. <laughs> and it's like, couldn't put two and two together there? <laughs> I get
1: why that would be hard to accept for her, though. Like, I get it,
0: know... but it's a little like... <laughs> it's a little like... Oh, you think you could pull something like that off under my nose? Anyway, here's the secret workshop. <laughs> like, it's not even like those are within three sentences of each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's,
0: it's one thing if she's like, "Oh, that's just his workshop. Who cares?" Like, if that kind of came up, then she's like, "Yeah, you know, she, he's got this giant workshop in the back, but we, we definitely don't have a factory here." <laughs> and of course, the factory is underneath the fucking place.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now there's mechs in, uh, legend, in the Avatar universe. It's very anime.
0: Which is why anyone that complains about it is wrong. Because <laughs> there's just, ro- there's robot fights versus magic. Like, how can yeah, you not love rules. that? Yeah. I know. Like, it's that's, like,
1: that's why we watch Star Wars too, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's just cool shit like that. <laughs>
0: It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, we could talk about, like, the deep themes and shit like that. But then it's also like, all right, this wizard is going to fight a mech robot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Um, yeah. And that's one of those ones where he finally is like, yes, I was evil the whole time. And he calls, doesn't he call uh, Mako like, a dirty firebender?
1: Yeah, something like that. He, Because like, he keeps hopping up in the season and he keeps referring it to, like, those dirty benders and stuff like that and like yeah like he says he says it exactly like that i swear (laughs) and like um it 24 had this problem i mean 24 (laughs) had a lot of problems we're talking about shows that age like milk wow right um but whenever they would do president
0: i'm only taking orders from you mr president Yeah, well, no, there's a season
1: where the president is the bad guy, and it's still very conservative, but it also kicks ass. But, anyways, like, um, whenever they did a reveal that, like, this person working for CTU is actually helping the terrorists they would always change personalities, like, on a dime. Yeah. <laughs> and they would shoot him like, at a low angle with the lights under their eyes and stuff like that, right? Asami's yeah. dad kind of has the same exact problem. It's like, yeah. oh, like, <laughs> this is, like, a different character now.
0: <laughs> but I think it speaks to his, they, they gave him a really good character design because he kind of went from, like, a jovial father figure to then, like, oh, he's actually kind of threatening now.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, I actually... I'm, I'm just making fun, but, like, it, it's good.
0: I think it's a little awkward that the one um, uh, Asian character on the show that's actually voiced by an Asian actor is turns evil.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: That's a yeah. little awkward.
3: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> um Whoops. But, hey, he gets a new uh, mech fight. Also, I love the... Uh, Don't try your metal bending here. It's pure platinum, which is a pretty funny line.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, every once in a while, this show has to toss something out like that why can't we do this oh right because of that (laughs) Mm.
0: and you know fine whatever at least now that explains some things yeah yeah because that's that's clearly a writing writers room thing where it's like oh god we got we want robot battles but if they're all made of metal the metal benders will just rip their heads off and then someone's like ah it's platinum And then you're like all right
1: (laughs) (laughs) i guess guess so do you know the the types of metals that have to go into all the different kinds of wiring?
3: <laughs> Whatever, like hey. it's again
1: not a real problem. It's well, just kind it's, of funny.
0: Maybe it's like Magneto's prison in you know, the the X Men movies. Oh yeah, Where it was like all plastics and shit. Yeah, that's a cool that, design. Yeah, I remember that reveal at the end of that movie as a kid, being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this, this is the coolest goddamn movie! Superhero films are never gonna get better than this." <laughs> and, then, like, and then you watch it now and you're like oh man that movie's kind of a mess but,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like what you thought the first season of Legend of Korra was yeah <laughs> uh, but um, the next I, chapter
0: well I wrote down that Mako does something useful for once oh okay alright where, right. where they take down the guard who's like I was given orders to stay here and then they knock him out <laughs> <laughs> he still condescends to Asami which isn't great
1: no no it's
0: Um, not and but the Sami the big thing here is the Sami gets her big moment where she where her father's like yes I I was hoping to hide it from you but now you can join me he delivers it a little better than that um (laughs) and he hands her the electric glove thing and like Asami takes it and you're like oh my god she's gonna turn evil but then she she knocks her father out um which is you know that's her big moment where it's like alright so she's not a villain
1: yeah um I really like that character, not to spoil things, but apart from a couple other stuff this season, it's a little, it's a little while before she kind of gets more to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only problem. Although she gets like one big thing for in this season.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, We'll Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, that's a great moment.
0: Everything is resolved because now, uh, everyone can now come live at the air temple, uh, which actually I, that raises a little bit of questions for me. (laughs) Okay. Because, like, I get it. Like, all right, let's all go live at the air temple. Fine. Did they lose the mansion?
1: I just think it's because, like, it's connected to all the equalist stuff there, you know? So, like, they could could hypothetically, like, plant a bunch of other guards there and stuff like that, right? But they don't... Like, now that they know that the equalists are out, like, in force... Yeah. That it doesn't really make sense to stay there, you know? Mm -hmm. Versus, like, on the air temple... Um, it's pretty isolated, it's surrounded by the rest of the city, all that stuff.
0: I was just thinking it could become, like, Avatar Headquarters. Because this, this, uh, season, they kind of start becoming, like, a superhero team.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. Also, I um, just,
0: I wrote, awesome robot fight, in just all, in all caps.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just, like, it's just cool shit.
0: (laughs) Someone yelled, lying, no good equalists. I can't remember who yelled it, though. I didn't give credit. Uh, uh, so, that's an interesting line.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Lynn's like, I'm going above the law or whatever. Uh, and But she lost all her meta- metal bender. She also resigns as mm-hmm. police chief. Yeah.
1: Um, and the next episode, we get to see the new status quo. Everyone kind of chilling at uh, Air Temple Island and Baifong's replacement. The psych Cy- got- chief psychon yeah who sucks um, <laughs> who, who does suck like just blatantly sucks and uh decides to work with tarlock the politician who took super big advantage of korra yeah. for political gain purposes and shit and he just continues to suck as well
0: <laughs> yeah tarlock's bad um and korra finally is like you suck tarlock <laughs> and but then he's like oh well you you know you think you're the avatar but you can't even master airbending and that like really hor- hurts chorus feelings
2: mm-hmm.
0: um which you know what an asshole yeah uh, is an asshole and
1: just to get it out of the way right now because the rest of these episodes are kind of plot heavy until the finale yeah. um i think there is a genuine uh it's hard. It would have been hard to fit in with all the stuff that I had to go over, but I think it would have been nice to see her struggle with airbending a little bit more because these episodes can't really focus on it. Mm-hmm. You know well, what I, I mean?
0: Just like I, I, a moment or two sprinkled in once in a while. I I like that Cora is very impulsive. Where it's like she keeps trying to like like all right tonight I'm just gonna focus on my airbending, and then fucking Mako comes in the room because he sucks is like, hey, you want to go do something fun? And then they're like, she's like, cool, and then just leaves. And so it's like, oh, all right. <laughs>
1: yeah. So mako ruins everything.
0: Well, yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> uh, but in a way that like is endearing. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, Mako I, I like him. You suck. That I don't idiot. know if I like him at the end of the season, but I'll like him more as the show goes on. Yeah. Um. Although, all right. So I have some questions. All right, um, a little bit of hang up. So, like, they come to move the air temple island, and one thing that happens is that they they stress that there are boy and girl uh, dormitories on the island,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like that they separate them by gender. And I I I think I brought this up on uh, last airbender. Where I always got the impression that the air nomads maybe didn't like think as critically about gender as some of the other nations. Mm-hmm. So I found that a little odd that there's, like, this binary thing kind of put in, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I thought here it was just for, like, because there are no more airbenders, it's just Tenzin's family, really. Yeah. I assumed that was, like, for the guards. I guess. The White Lotus guards. But you bring up an interesting point, and there's nothing to dismiss it. So...
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what's what's the middle girl's name again? Iki. Iki. Uh, she almost... Uh, um, blows in Korra by saying that he she has a crush on Mako.
2: That's a pretty hilarious moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a funny moment. That's when they kind of yeah. have like fun with the animation, mm-hmm. um, which there's not enough of this in the season. But it's when it happens, it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> the lightning and the fires. <laughs> yeah, this show is a little heavier than Last Airbender, so like they can't really indulge in like the goofy animation as much. Yeah, but you can't have fucking Sokka running around being a boob. All the time.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's like, I like that... His poetry night. Yeah. And I like that Bolin is kind of like the Saka, but, like, when he fucks up, like, it actually has consequences.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, Bolin will make mistakes, and it's like, oh, dude, come the fuck on. Like, you are not... <laughs> it's not, like, fun or endearing. It's just like, <laughs> Bolin, not the right time. Um... I also wrote down that, like, Korra is, like, trying to be Ang in a lot of ways she has like this weight of like trying to be Aang but she just isn't Aang which I think is part of her conflict Mm -hmm. Um, because she's on the edge after that meeting with Tarlok and they they, uh, make this point very clear by having her sitting at the edge of a cliff
1: (laughs) (laughs) they do that a couple times actually
0: yeah she goes through a lot of cliffs and and stairs
1: I mean I I like a good view too (laughs) so I get it (laughs) Mm-hmm. and here's where we get a little bit more of the like the, the police discussions going on I think with mm-hmm. the series too because like I I never hear this brought up ever that uh this season also dives into just people in power abusing that power yeah. it's not just like um, some messy class metaphors like it is strictly like the police and politicians abusing their power yeah. to keep people in line you know like, they're using the Equalist as an excuse to, like, corral a ghetto. Like, literally what happens.
0: That's exactly what happens in the episode. Yeah. I mean, it got really awkward when it was like, Tarlock's like, all right, I'm proposing we make the Equalist illegal, and we're going to put a curfew in. hmm And it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's got some awkward parallels.
1: Oh, yeah. And again, you were talking about, like, you know, this came out in the Obama era. Yeah. And it's, you know, his whole thing was, I'm going to close Guantanamo.
0: Um, I think someone was sharing the Joe Biden quote where he was like, I guarantee by 2014, Guantanamo will be closed. And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, and yeah. we'll be out of Afghanistan and all this shit. It's going to be an interesting four years. Um, is he going to last four years?
1: <laughs> uh, that might be a little too harsh <laughs> to yeah, put in I the know. episode. But, uh, is,
0: is he going to be is... the oldest president now? Yeah. Because it was like, because it was, it's weird. It was Reagan was the oldest elected president. And then Trump was older than Reagan, which I didn't even mm-hmm. know. And now Biden's older than Trump. So, yeah. Great. He,
1: he, Biden should have just punched Trump.
0: They should have destroyed each other. They should have
1: just punched each other on, on the
0: stage. That's It, sh- it should have been yeah. like that fight at the end of Up. Remember when the two old men get in the fight on the airship? Yes. <laughs> it should have just been that. <laughs> that would have been beautiful. Um, but I, we should mention, before we get into the more heavy stuff, that they form the new Team Avatar. And Yay! I want to say that they say that, and then Milo immediately shows up and farts on them. <laughs> yeah. which I don't know that feels like it might be saying something <laughs> is it just me
1: as in like they can't just replicate that success
0: yeah it's like yeah you just can't do it again yeah like oh, they, they were team avatar because they were on the run but mm-hmm. whole show yeah <laughs> And yeah, no like, one
1: talks about that. They're they're like refugees, fugitives for the entirety of The Last Airbender. Aang's very existence was not only outlawed, but almost expunged on a weekly basis,
3: yeah. you
1: know? Here, it's like they're just pals that decide to do some good, which is a good thing on its own, too. But it, it it's a very different,
0: like, setup. <laughs> has inherited like a much more responsibility than ang ever had and it's like she's a political figure you know mm-hmm. and i think there's a part of her that's like trying to be apolitical <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: while not being like she like under she has a very clear understanding of right and wrong but she doesn't understand like the political side of that you know yeah and because that's where she keeps- she's like all right i'm just gonna go out and we're just gonna start fucking up crime and uh, they get a car courtesy of Asami, and she's the driver. Um, and then they fuck up some escape chi blockers. Um, and they, they make Tarlock look like a boob. Which um, he's
1: but- very unhappy about, which also does basically, like, it's unstated, but that is kind of like why he starts corralling and, like, making those mass movements <laughs> to uh, to basically make it look like he's making progress. In the battle against the Equalist, you know? Like, it's it's all just a political show for him. But I do want to also mention uh, the really quick you know Teen what? Avatar thing. That when they jump, like, before they get the car, they jump on Naga. And Naga oh, immediately yeah. slides them off
0: yeah. her back. Another moment that's like, this isn't Avatar. Like, this isn't Last Airbender, I mean. Because mm-hmm. the, they would ride on Appa. Yeah. All of, you know... It's like this is this is Legend of Cora. She's gonna they need a car. They're in a city. <laughs> and that's a good car chase, by the way.
1: It is, yeah. The all the action in this season is like so good. Yeah. <laughs> the series just never lets down with that stuff.
0: That's the funny thing where it's again where it's like we always talk about like the deeper stuff going on, but then we kind of always forget that like it totally delivers on the action.
2: Mhm.
0: Um but yeah, but then fucking Tarlock puts in his shitty pro- new laws, and Tenzin is the only one that objects, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting, uh, which maybe hints that the problems go a lot deeper than just Tarlock. Yeah. Uh, and because of his new proposals, he starts fucking fucking up a non-bender protest. He calls it an equalist mob. <laughs> But then it's just, like, regular non-benders being like, you turned our power off. <laughs> and he's like, yep, because I got authority. And, God, that was, like, it was uncomfortable. Like, to, like it reminded me of, like, real-world stuff to the point that it made me uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, only a couple months before recording this, we were out every day in the streets, you know? Like, protesting, marching against the police, and a bunch of other stuff in this country and um you know not that those still aren't happening they very much are but you know like yeah it's it is directly like correlating to reality which is uh yeah that that was very um uneasy to watch
0: yeah i i just think it's interesting how well this is aged and how poorly harry potter is aged <laughs> Which is just another show where all the characters just became cops. Yeah, but there it's just like no
1: one was happy with that.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: right off the bat. (laughs) Like Albus Severus Potter? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Can you imagine that being your name? (laughs) I would kill myself.
0: (laughs) Harry Potter's
1: child killed themselves.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's what the Cursed Child's about.
1: Is it? I never read it.
0: No, no, the Cursed Child is that I believe Albus Severus Potter ends up in Slytherin. I think that's the plot of that.
1: Oh, okay. That's not the worst idea.
0: Yeah, but then it turns into, like, a time travel story.
1: (laughs) Oh, never mind. Jesus. (laughs) Because
0: Voldemort's, like, daughter shows up. (laughs) I think that's what happens. It's like Voldemort's daughter with Bellatrix Lestrange... Oh, no! ...shows up, and then she's got a time turner, and they start, like, doing a time travel adventure. And I believe, even though the rules are firmly established that you can't, that the Time Turner will not allow you to change the past, I believe they start changing the past.
1: Well, I'm glad we left
0: that behind. <laughs> Good on you, rolling. Somehow, not the worst thing you've done in recent memory. <laughs> well, Tarlock arrests um, Team Avatar. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, like immediately after <laughs> they're like, yeah, so Team we, Avatar
0: had the- one day, <laughs> and then they all got arrested.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember this being a little more spread out in, um, in the season, too, because, like, the new status quo about, like, them all basically being roommates now, like, that's, like, a fun premise for a show like this. Yeah. And it's immediately squandered. But, like, it, like in a way that works for the show, not, like, yeah. in wasted potential. It's it like, oh. Very,
0: <laughs> it feels very deliberate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, um it,
0: Again, I, I also had the same thing where I was like, my memory of a lot of Korra was being like, "I wish I could have seen more of that." And rewatching it, it's kind of like, "Oh no, there's a very specific reason they did it that way," mm-hmm. which uh, makes it a lot better, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and it's also constantly like change, like shifting the ground beneath the protagonist's feet too. So there's Asami uprooting her entire life, basically, along with Makemon Bolin, Cora, who's uprooted her entire life to come to Republic City. And by the end of this episode, once they think they've settled into a new groove, it's, again, just the rugs pulled out from right underneath them. Team Avatar is in prison. Um, Korra uh, is is stolen away in a steel box, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's we got to talk it's...
0: about uh, the confrontation with Tarlock first.
1: Yeah, but the point I just want to make is that, like, this season could basically go anywhere by this point which was just really impressive on this rewatch.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's this thing where it's like they kind of like, they keep coming up with ideas where you're like, you could make a whole season out of the events that happened in this one episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they it's like just one episode. And the show consistently does that, where like they bring up stuff where you're like, you could make the whole show just about that. And I actually applaud them for just making it one episode a lot of the times.
1: Yeah, because you I, almost get the sense that like, they they kind of did do that entire season plot already. It's in yeah. the last Airbender a lot, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can your mind like fills in the blanks. Mm-hmm. It's a I also have that thing about which is one of the complaints I do not like about the prequels or uh, the sequel trilogy with Star Wars, where they're like, "Why don't we get to see more of Anakin training like Luke did?" And it's like, "Well, we saw Luke training. Now we know what Jedi training is." <laughs> so we don't like we our mind fills in the blanks already mhm you know yeah um and i i think people miss that point sometimes because they just want it to be the same thing over and over again
1: yeah and then if you they get the, I, the same thing over and over again they're going to get bored
0: yeah you know what i blame a little bit and i love this show but i kind of blame it um the generation that was raised by dragon ball z <laughs> <laughs> um i i would believe that Cause yeah. that show is entirely about like stopping for like weeks <laughs> to be like, we're just going to train and make ourselves stronger <laughs> and then we can fight for three weeks. And that was never my favorite part of the show.
1: I think it's a little bit of that misunderstanding the original star Wars and video game culture.
3: Yes. Video game I culture think...
1: definitely plays a part. Mm-hmm. and I yeah. look I, I love me some video games too I love grinding through Skyrim even though there's genuine issues with that game and <laughs> you could send me a three hour video about why it's actually terrible and I'd completely agree with it but I still like playing it anyways not the point of this diversion but just hear me out Um, like the grinding for like leveling up and like learning spells and Warcraft or whatever right Yeah. like you know like, I, Ryan Johnson talked about this when he was writing Luke where it's like it's not it's not just about grinding to get to that next level like in a video game like mm-hmm. the, the force and magic is like an extension of a character's like identity so it's not it's not like a one plus one equals two so I it's can do not, this spell that's not, not what this is
0: reaching Super Saiyan 2 mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but it's also like I also think that's why like pickup culture kind of picked up around the, the era of video games kind of going mainstream because how many video games did we play you know, even video games I love, where it's like, if you say the right things to someone, they'll be romantic with you. <laughs> Which is a very bad lesson to teach people.
1: Yeah. Huh. I, wow. I never thought about that.
0: Yeah. Um, it's made revisiting a certain franchise a little more difficult, even though I do love it. I think it's like also not aged very well. Looking forward to the the HD remaster that's apparently coming. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, if you get a certain level in your Paragon points, then you can say the right thing to stop a war from happening.
1: Oh my god! That's oh a my great god. way. Oh to my god.
0: Morality.
1: Oh no! It's also you're... a
0: binary thing.
1: You're crumbling my worldview right now
0: yeah it i oh, know I, lo- no. I love those i love those games but they they have not aged super well especially with like the renegade stuff where it's like you either have to be a stooge to the government to be a paragon or you have to be a space racist <laughs> like those oh are the yeah only no two that, that that was always a problem yeah it's <laughs> it drives me nuts and um a game that kind of gets it right i think is like fallout new vegas if you've ever played new vegas yeah fucking rule i think we talked about it on this podcast probably i think i said that fallout i'm pretending fallout new vegas is uh the rise of skywalker
1: (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's book three fire of the last airbender
0: oh yeah yeah (laughs) i'm just just combine all of them put them all together
1: (laughs) that would be something um but okay let's talk about the tartlock reveal
0: yeah So Korra goes to confront Tarlok, because Tarlok won't let um, Team Avatar out of prison. And uh, Tenzin calls the police chief the worst police chief ever, (laughs) which is a funny moment. Um, (laughs) And then she says something like, you're using your power to intimidate non-benders. And then Tarlok, like a real dick, is like, well, isn't that what you're doing? (laughs) which is that's i that honestly hit as close to home as the the all the the curfew stuff (laughs) where it's like people are like hey i think we should stop the nazis and it's like well isn't stopping the nazis just like the nazis
1: yeah it's 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 a false equivalency bullshit thing it's like yeah you have to look and understand like at the people who are in power like they can yeah. they they get the opportunity to exert the power the civilians do not often get that you know it's not a comparable situation at all
0: and again i think a big thing is a lot of the villains of this show play on cora's doubts because in that Korra course kind of like for like a minute is like is is that what i'm doing mm-hmm. but then she's like i'm still not gonna follow your orders i'm, I'm not gonna join your fucking stupid task force and then Tarlok fucking attacks her, <laughs> I mean.
1: Yeah, and I, I it looks like he's going for the kill because he's shooting, like, ice shards at her.
0: Yeah, it's very intense. Korra easily kicks his ass, but then he reveals he's a bloodbender. hmm So we get more fun with the <laughs> fucking darkest shit on this show. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's another
1: thing that stopped people from, like, openly embracing this show. Because even though a lot of people claim they want something darker... Uh this show is is a lot heavier like yeah. off the bat than the last airbender was. A show that opens with uh genocide obviously. But like <laughs> yeah. but you know, you know what I mean like tonally, it's just like the mood is is much murkier. The the palette is a lot darker, browns and grays at night yeah. and stuff like that. And then well, blood bending by episode 8.
0: <laughs> blood bending just sounds painful. <laughs> like Yeah. And then to see it, like, realized makes it a million times worse.
1: Yeah, and always the, the noise and, like, the, the crinkling yeah. of, like, people's, like, bodies. It's always like... And I... Oh, it's it's so awful.
0: And you watch, like, episode eight and Korra gets captured, and you're like, man, that was a dark moment. I sure hope that doesn't happen anymore. And then bloodbending is, like, heavy for, like, the next three episodes.
1: Yeah, like, it's the rest of the season. That's what it's yeah. about, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like holy shit
1: so chapter nine out of the past kind of a big flashback heavy episode Korra's yeah. not really active until the end of it um and we get to see Aang Sokka and Toph kind of in charge of Republic City on the like in the middle of this trial
0: for this uh it's like I guess notorious criminal he was a gangster name? named Yakone Yeah, thank you yeah voiced by Clancy Brown Mm-hmm. um Mr. Krabs <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that guy's had a weird career.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, but he rules, man.
0: He, he's great, and but it's like, all right, so he's Mr. Krabs, he's Jacon, and now he's in like he's now he's becoming like a Coen Brothers regular.
1: Oh yeah, that <laughs> that makes like me the, happy.
0: He was in like the last two Coen Brothers films, and then he's in the Shawshank Redemption, and he's also the Kurgan in Highlander, <laughs> and then he's fucking Cortex in the original Crash Bandicoot games. <laughs>
1: What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. And he's fucking Lex Luthor on Superman the Animated Series.
1: That I did know about.
0: Yeah, so it's like, wow, that guy's had an interesting career.
1: Hmm. Um. Wow. But Yacon, uh was also a bloodbender. And yeah. uh, that's kind of how he ran the city, Republic City, like with an iron grip. Mm-hmm. And uh, something about that is relating to the present events... Ang sending her these visions, and she doesn't know why.
0: And we finally get to see, kind of, this is, like, I feel like the biggest, like, fan servicey episode in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that only gets overshadowed by the fact that, like, a huge part of it is bloodbending. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably, like, too, like, stressed <laughs> out. At least if you're me. Again, I don't like, I've mentioned, like, I don't like mind control. I don't like people losing control of their bodies. I hate that. It, like, makes my skin crawl. And so like these last like few episodes were like a lot. And uh so it I think that overshadows how much there's moments of like, Oh, we get to meet Toth when she was a full full time cop.
1: And she still and, calls Aang Twinkletoes.
0: Yeah, and then there's a little bit of awkward dialogue where in the flashback Aang's like, Toph, I'm forty years old. Like, which is like, okay, now we know how old Aang was in this scene. That's a little bit like you know have you ever seen Black Dynamite.
2: Yes. <laughs> when
0: he's like, "Bucky, you're 17 years old, and I'm your 18 year old brother, Black Dynamite, and you're high <laughs> as a kite." Like. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a little. It's, bit it's a little like ridiculous. That. Like, um, do we want to mention who voices Sokka? <laughs>
1: It's Chris Hardwick. He's an Chris, asshole. He's a yeah. creep. Fuck him. Um, remember,
0: remember when he was, like, everywhere?
1: <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, oh, he's so cool. I, I never got it, but whatever. I,
0: here's the thing. I thought he was a good interviewer on his podcast for the most part. He seemed to know how to, to direct, like, the interviewees, like, with questions, you know? Like, he could get them talking, which mm-hmm. is what any interviewer should realize is I am not there to listen to you I'm there to listen to the guest and but then the polar opposite of that was anytime he was at a comic-con panel which was like every year was like a cringe fest yeah he
1: totally like took over those you know yeah
0: and I I honestly look he's a creep fuck him I'm glad he's gone but I do like a part of me genuinely misses how fucking awkward those things were (laughs)
1: Well, the good news is of uh, there are plenty of other awkward Comic Con panels to handle.
0: Yes. Well now there's no Comic Con panels because we're all stuck in our fucking houses. Okay,
1: well yeah, but like um I think George R. R. Martin ran one of the Game of Thrones season panels. Oh,
0: that's not great.
1: No, it was very awkward, but like He's
0: alright though. I've seen him in interviews. He, he no, goes like, to the he... thing with uh Stephen King. Although that only worked probably because both him and Stephen King are incredibly awkward dudes. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um like i mean it, it's not like a mean-spirited awkward when he's hosting the you know like there's a difference where it's like awkward yeah. and you feel kind of bad but like it's kind of cute because you can tell they're like excited to be there like that's george r, r. martin not like yeah. well for me it was like with, the others
0: I, I i this is there'll be a window into how much of a pass i give people that probably don't deserve it like for me chris hardwick was always someone like wow that guy really likes himself and I'm like, look, that's an awkward thing But, like, that's not, like, awful And then all that other shit came out later And I was like, oh, okay then, <laughs> Fuck that, that that suddenly makes a lot more sense I should, that should be a bigger red flag in my life, I guess <laughs> Of, like, dudes like that Because it keeps happening where dudes that clearly like the sound of their own voice End up being awful, <laughs> like
1: oh yeah there was like that three-year stretch where it just like stuff kept coming out about that group of guys you know because he was friends with max landis yeah you know yeah. which is just like oh yeah that makes sense
3: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of people were friends with max landis though which is strange
1: very strange
0: um, but because i can't imagine how anyone could be friends with Max Landis. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well as someone who did meet him in person at one point um he tries to be very open and tries to get everyone involved mm-hmm. in like activities and stuff so like that. He's a cult leader. He's a cult leader, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we like we that. played we played uh the, the the nerf war together at LA Comic Con. This uh. was in like 2012 or something like that. Wow, so.
0: you you met one of history's greatest monsters. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that. Um I don't think I've met I don't think I've met anyone that was cancelled. I, was also, mind you, I met Gilbert um, Gottfried, <laughs> but he got but, uh, canceled for making awkward jokes.
1: Okay. But not I mean, mind do. you, this is coming off of Chronicle. So, you know, like 2012, Diego was like, that's the best movie ever. Mm. Not literally, but you know, like it was exciting to, to meet a writer or something. That I like that much. No, probably not. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it a couple years ago and I was like, yeah, it's still good. But like, you know, it was like the talk of the town. In the summer when Dark Knight Rises and Avengers came out too, you know,
0: you know who like would he, hate Legend of Korra?
1: Max Landis.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, because <laughs> then he'd be like, "Well, why is she so? Why is she so strong already? It took Aang so long to train."
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like, like why is Ray so strong? <laughs> yeah. That was like he's responsible for that basically.
0: Yep. Which this is, is the first just disgusting. To say it.
1: Um... Mm-hmm. So fuck him.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys canceled. Good thing Max Landis didn't do a voice on this show. Oh,
2: my God, yeah.
0: Also, Chris Hardwick was not a great voice actor. What a bad choice. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, no, like, I don't, like, what the hell? I'm not trying to be, like, kick a guy when he's down, but fuck him. So, <laughs> like...
1: No, that's just, the kind of guy you can kick when they're down. I,
0: I guess. <laughs> I, I just, I, I feel bad when, like, I'm even being mean to people, but then I, like, have to go, like, no, wait, he sucks. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but, yeah, it's it's very, uh... You're like I didn't expect Sokka to sound like that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Now the goofy guy. I guess you know what? Chris Hardwick was a goofy person. I guess get him the voice the goofy guy.
1: And you know what else uh, was a big thing heading into Legend of Korra because so many people were fans of the Last Airbender. Yeah. Like a lot of those uh the more celebrity fans like vied to get roles on Legend of Korra even if it was just for like a quick snippet like that, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, and this I, they they did play this pretty well. They they put so much behind this first season, mm-hmm. which is nuts considering like we're gonna we're like almost immediately after the end of season two, it's like, okay, now they Nickelodeon just wants the show to go away.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I need to know everything that happened there because yeah. it does not make sense to me. But that's a conversation for later. Let's let's. We also need to know what the
0: fuck's going on with the Netflix show still. Um, I feel like that's going to go away, too. But, again, I don't know. Has any more come out about it? Nope. All right. That's
1: why I think it's it's just going to go away.
0: Mm. I wrote here in the margins of my notes that Mako is the Warner of Legend of Korra.
1: Did anyone get
0: that reference? No. Warner from Legally Blonde.
1: I haven't seen Legally Blonde in like 10 years.
0: Oh my god, he's the shitty boyfriend.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Now I get it. Okay. So he sets off Asami and Korra to be like the best jokes.
0: 10 out of 10. It took 30 seconds to explain (laughs) it. I'm glad I brought that one up. Um,. Yeah, Mako, they, they, Mako and the, every, and the gang, (laughs) you shouldn't (laughs) phrase it like that, but they all go looking for Korra and they're like in the tunnels and shit. And, um, Mako's, uh, this is where Asami starts noticing that Mako seems to care a lot about Korra. Um, and Bolin, the fucking dumbass (laughs) is like, well, yeah, they kissed, (laughs) but it was just a one-time thing. Well, he tries to play it down because, like, you know, I liked Korra
1: too, but, like, it's, you know, like, we're all friends now, so it's okay. Ma- Marco's a dumbass. Ma- Mako is a dumbass. Um, I also want to mention a very funny bit that just kills me. I love Bolin. He's, he's, like, he's very clearly, like, the cut-and-dry comedy character for this series. Yeah. But he's very good at it. <laughs> um, when Lin, Asami, and Tenzin release Mako, or get Mako and Bolin released from prison, Bolin's trying to go pee and like oh, he just yeah. can't, because Marco's in the room. And then the moment he can, they open the door. They're like we're getting you guys out of here. He's like, yeah. Woo!
0: <laughs> and he leaves his fly open. Yeah. <laughs> you know the Very voice funny. of the voice of Bolin um, was in Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. And he was also in one of the uh, Final Destination movies. Really? Yeah. I, was he? I, wait, is he in four? I think he's in five. Okay, it's five is while. really
1: good. Mm. that's the I don't want to spoil that one never mind but that's the one with the big ending right yeah yeah that's the one with the okay. ending that
0: makes you go oh okay
1: yeah I it's mean for it's it's like, solid all it's those solid, movies are but kinda, for fans of that series that's like yeah. legendary you know
0: <laughs> all those movies are kind of the same so it's like I, I enjoy them mm-hmm. um says here, critics praise the plot of Final Destination 5. I don't think that's necessarily true.
3: But... Yeah, no,
1: it, it caught us all off guard because it's, like, shockingly competent for one of those movies, yeah.
0: you know? All I remember is I think of the one before that was the one where uh, the one guy tries to hang himself, even though he's, like, further down the list of when he's supposed to die. And they walk in on him hanging from the ceiling, and they think he's dead, and he just falls. And he's still alive, and he goes... Man, I've been trying to kill myself all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not played for comedy, but it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> what an interesting franchise.
1: Very. They're doing another one. Of course. Yeah.
0: O- yeah. Of course.
1: <laughs> they shouldn't. You can't top five, but whatever. I don't know. Um, They're
0: just, whatever. Do it.
2: Fuck yeah. it. Uh,
1: the, the voice actor, Bolin, is also a film director in The Boys, season two.
2: Mm hmm. The voice he's actor directing
0: of, uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he, uh, he's
1: directing the the Dawn of the Seven, which is very clearly a joke about BVS and Justice League because there's also a reference when a uh, Homelander says this new Joss rewrite really sings, huh? <laughs> which is just also, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> there's also a pretty big dunk on um that scene in Endgame where all the women team up. Yeah. Girls uh, do get it done. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of them's a Nazi. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not. You know, by like the third episode, when a certain event happens,
0: mm.
1: so it's not a big shocker.
0: It's a. That's a. That's a show. That yeah. show's got a lot going on in it. It does. Uh, it's not. It's not great. It's not perfect. But
2: it, I, if you want to I talk like
0: about it. a show that benef- that did not benefit from the weekly release, it was Boys Season Two. That's a show that should have been they released it all at once
1: yeah i i caught it all when it was over like mm. both seasons so like i completely missed that but i heard about that like people were not happy mm. and i guess
0: it didn't like sustain itself because how of did that the, how did the snyder nuts uh take all the dunking
1: i don't know because like that show kind of gives it equally to the mcu nuts and the snyder nuts mm. so i i think they just don't get it i'm not saying like I'm not saying that it's, like, above them or anything like that either. I'm just saying, like, the people seem to miss the criticisms that show is giving, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you have, pe- you have people making fan art of Trump dressed up as Homelander.
1: Yeah. Like, so, like, maybe just, like, that kind of satire doesn't work nowadays, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe. Yeah, that's but I don't think like, it ever worked. Yeah, maybe that's the thing, you know? Like, it's just, it, it's there to make people almost feel, like, superior to the thing they're making fun of. But that's, like, it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually reach, like, across any barriers. You know yeah. what I
0: mean? I, I It's just it's weird. Because it's in the, one of those things where it's, like, the point where it becomes, like, undeniable what the show is saying. That's when everyone will always turn on it and be like, now it's too political.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, it, there's a Nazi villain in season two of The Boys that we're talking about. And, like, it's directly correlated to the in-universe answer to how superheroes were created and people were like oh what do you mean that the showrunner is criticizing superhero movies for being Mm -hmm. like superior and shit like like it's the the show's doing it (laughs) yeah it's i don't know
0: i mean and the nazi literally says people like what i have to say they just don't like the word nazi (laughs) which is a pretty harsh moment um yeah i don't know uh, it's, I, I, don't, I don't understand what's happening anywhere anymore. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's a whole think, other subject, I guess. Think things are gonna be all right.
1: Uh, I think things will get better. Yeah.
0: All right. Here, here's a weird question I got to bring up to come back to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in the flashback at uh, Yakone's trial, uh, there's a no- air nomad judge. Who the fuck is that? That might be Tenzin then, right? No, it wasn't. It was a woman.
1: Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's uh Well, they're the they're the air acolytes, remember? Yeah, there's
0: the there's the monks, right? That like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just... They're
1: they're not benders, they're just like of the culture. You know? I so maybe it was, that's it?
0: Just thought it was interesting that Aang wasn't on the board. I guess maybe that's a thing of like you can't. Because be he's the, the avatar. avatar and yeah. a politician at the same time. Mm-hmm. What do you think Aang thought of democracy?
1: Uh, he probably thought it was really cool and people wouldn't let him implement it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here because there's some very justifiable criticism to tossed towards um, him as a protagonist at <laughs> a certain point. I don't know. I, I think, again, because it's fiction, I, I don't need it to answer to reality's problems but I think I think them missing like that like the OG team avatar I think them not instilling democracy is kind of an oversight but I don't know if that's just my like understanding of reality that's but kind is, of like making me feel that you know
0: does democracy not exist like is it explicit or is it or are we just not like shown it
1: not to give anything away but straight up Instilling democracy is a line of dialogue in this show i uh-huh. I know that I know,
0: that, so I know like, that there are places that aren't democracies still in the avatar world I just can't remember if it applied to republic city well it's
1: it's it doesn't re- apply to republic city because it's basic republic city is basically a city state right yeah. but it's also um it's run by that council yeah. and I don't think they're voted in okay. you know what I mean by the people mm-hmm and if they are, I don't, I don't know how they do that.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's like all the, who are, who's going to vote for Tenzin?
2: Yeah. You know, like, like,
0: it's like, all right, we have to round up all the airbenders to vote for Tenzin. And it's like his well, there's, wife. There's, well, she's not even an airbender. <laughs> and it's like, he's got, he's got children and thank God they're not old enough to vote. Cause you know, they're the type of kids that wouldn't vote for their father. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, there's that great moment earlier on in the season where um Tendon and Korra like after being frustrated, he's like, Promise me, kids, you will not be like that when you're teenagers. And then Janora's like, I make no such promises. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um they eventually I like those expose Tarlock in this episode.
1: Yeah. Um his I guess his like aide says that oh, yeah. they saw him like bloodbending uh, Cora Korra last night. And then he bloodbends everyone in the room, and it's just yeah. like, whoa, that's scary. Because he can do it without a full moon is also something we should mention. Yeah, a lot of- Which is a new of,
0: development. A lot of dark bloodbending. And again, mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we also see uh, Aang get fucking bloodbend by Yacone. Mm-hmm. We see Yang and Toff get all fucked up.
1: Yeah, and Sokka. You know. like,
0: and Chris Hardwick. Yeah, well, uh,
1: that's a good thing, though. <laughs> and,
0: and the audience cheered.
1: Um. (laughs) Uh, and Tarlok basically has to like start over in a new life and stuff like that he says and uh and then before he can do anything with Korra Amon and the Aquilus show up and they're basically like they're no match for the bloodbending until Amon who just starts walking through it (laughs) and at first you know that's like just this horrifying revelation like oh is there maybe something to like his spirit talk, because that's, yeah. like, heavy-duty shit, you know?
0: Well, it's also paralleled with he takes away Tarlok's bending, and this is paralleled with Aang taking away Yakone's bending. So, like, that's, like, the main power Aang developed, mm-hmm. was taking away people's bending. So it's like, oh, maybe this guy has something going on.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, in the, in the back of my mind, in the first watch, I was like, because I've always mentioned I wanted to see that face-stealing villain again, Ko. And I was like, mm-hmm. maybe there's something there. And no, spoiler alert, it's not that yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> I was just a, a very interested theorizing nerd
2: <laughs> <laughs> who um, likes
1: creepy villains, I guess.
0: Cora ultimately escapes, though. Um, yeah, from Amon and uh, the troop. She does like some clever shit to not get electrocuted. Um, she's found by Naga, and then makes it back to the gang, and and Mako cradles her in his big strong arms. That went well. Yeah, that's uh, that's like when it's like, oh, that's not a great sign of things to come.
1: Turning of the tides is the next episode, and uh, there's really not like a moment to rest because like after Cora's kind of like slept off the the previous events. Um, and she's still like not at hundred percent, immediately the equalists start like attacking City Hall, yeah. like basically taking over Republic City, and it's the Dark Knight rises. Again, it's 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 the Dark Knight rises. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's crazy that these came out like around the same time. I know,
0: and uh this one does it better, frankly. But uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there. Pacing,
1: although like no comparison, I'll totally give it that. I, neither, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer, honestly. The only problem
0: is neither delivers on the, like, escape from New York City that I wanted from both of, like, thiefdoms controlling different areas.
1: Um, in the next Avatar series. <laughs> there you go. In my my mythical next Avatar series that'll come out in oh, ten I for- years.
0: I forgot to do uh, my, my Bane joke um, when they found uh, Mr. Sato's... Uh, <laughs> Your precious armory! Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he also returns in this episode and he's like, Oh, I hate a me working with those benders. And, mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, so angry. The benders! Yeah, he's a racist old man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this Oops. is a very action heavy episode. Yeah. And uh, it all kicks
0: the ass. End- the, before the action, though, Asami finally um, confronts Mako um, about him being a piece of shit. <laughs> and I like that she they make a point of her being like, I like Korra, but you've been keeping the truth from me, is what Asami says.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I like that she's not blaming Korra. She's blaming uh, the rightful person, Mako. Yes. I just wrote, everybody's on board the Mako sucks train. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Which is important for his eventual culmination into the Mako sucks, but we all like him train.
0: Yeah. We'll <laughs> see. I could be wrong. Again, like I, I like I only remember handfuls of things, but uh, He's yeah, Mako he's sucks. a good guy who's terrible at relationships. He's a guy like, that needs he's he needs to get slapped upside the head a few times.
1: Yes. You know, but like yeah. he he's got a good heart, he just needs to stop thinking with his dick. Yeah, like that's kind of what it comes down to. I
0: don't know if he has a great heart. I think he has a fine heart. <laughs> he,
1: he, I, he's a, he's a decent guy if he's not romantically interested in you.
0: Yeah, I think Mako is like someone where at this stage in his life he could go one or the other direction of being a really good guy or a really awful guy. Okay,
1: justifiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
0: valid. So, um, and also Lynn gets recruited into watching uh, Pema and the kids. Um, which is important, because um, then the, when the attacks happen, Pema goes into labor. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is kind of like one of the more like uh, ridiculous kind of plot points. But hey,
1: yeah, it's a, it's a little like overly complicated, and that kind of makes it silly because like yeah. so much is happening like at this one point in the series, you know. Mm. But uh, it it gets fun when it's like all oh, Lin's having trouble like. Holding back the equalists, and it's like, oh no, what are you gonna do? And then Tenzin's kids come out, and they're like, "Get away from my dad's ex girlfriend!" Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a weird like line, but it's funny yeah. because of how weird it
0: is, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's in that and way then, that like children have no filter, yeah, <laughs> which is always kind of fun, unless you're the one that's being talked about. <laughs> yeah,
1: which is very like, which makes the, the adult reactions to them even funnier, like throughout the series. Yeah, yeah um and then milo gets to fart bend which yeah, is just bent. fantastic
0: which is interesting yeah. um i gotta mention though there's a great comedy beat earlier where T- team avatar the new team avatar goes to the city and cora's like don't worry i parked the car <laughs> and she just drove <laughs> into like a pole <laughs> yeah. and they're like "We could have done better she's like i made it very clear i can't drive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all fantastic i love that stuff but that also has a moment where uh asami kind of is like says to michael why don't you sit in the back with cora which is a little <laughs> like eh. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. she's being a, a, a little pouty but like again it's directed at mako which is like yeah why I think it probably she's ages earned better
0: being a little pissed off oh yeah <laughs> okay. totally shit's going down mm-hmm. um, she's more dude, bro-
1: her whole life has been uprooted in like two weeks <laughs> yeah like
0: yeah, she's going through a lot. I get mm-hmm. it. In fact, she deserves a lot more credit for not taking it out on Korra. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so. Um, but, yeah, we get to
1: see, like, the full force of, like, the Equalists. They have basically, like, an armada of airships and zeppelins. Airships,
0: more robot fights. Uh, uh, they take out
1: all the other members of the council except for Tenzin, so Which is a lot of... like
0: uh, the Joker in that one scene in Dark Knight when he, like, pulls oh, yeah. up the judge and shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is a very superhero season.
0: Yeah, well, I think they're explicitly leaning into it, but also kind of being like, Corey, you can't be a fucking superhero all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's more complicated. And mm. the decision to, like, even approach I'm... this stuff as, like, apolitical is, like, a fallacy.
0: I mean, the opening, the first episode is that core fights, like, bank robbers and shit. No more bank robbers, but they're gangsters. And she's like, don't worry, I stopped the criminals. And then she, like, <laughs> fucked up an entire city block. Yeah so that, yeah, but here she that's... just
1: kind of gets to like unleash
0: yeah and Asami kicks a lot of ass in this episode
1: yeah I, I like how they made her like capable capable by using like the equalist stuff against them and like even without it you see that she can like handle herself which is yeah like just nice
0: well they mention they make a point of like that she was trained by her father in self-defense
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is all I ever need. In a story. I don't need like week videos of them training for weeks. Yeah. I just need one line of dialogue that's like, all right, they, they did that once.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now I'm good. Um, the baby's born. Yeah.
1: New, new airbender baby, possibly. I don't think we ever actually get an answer to that. So don't hold me to that.
0: <laughs> What's the baby's name? Rohan or something like that? Rohan. Yeah. Yeah. Like the riders of Rohan.
1: Yeah. Right now for ruin. And the world's ending.
0: You know what? I, I like. That does not. I don't think that would motivate me. <laughs> I
1: would be like, you're you're in line. The king shouting that. She's like, Jesus. Jesus. It's not Jesus, really what I need to hear right now. Yeah, I've been riding fuck, for like three days. Yeah. I'm, I'm really tired.
0: <laughs> and now the world's gonna end. <laughs> or maybe it'd be the opposite, where it's like, oh God, I'm so tired. I hope the world ends. <laughs>
1: That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is the big, like we mentioned, Dark Knight Rises episode. And uh, like Dark Knight Rises, they kind of have to just hide in the shadows for a little bit. Because just kind of like, that's it. The city's like lost, like immediately. Like there's no real pushing them back.
0: Yeah. Um. And uh, I wrote that... <laughs> they they all go underground and then i wrote after that mako takes advantage of emotionally <laughs> devastated women <laughs> you're not wrong so yeah, i have just been I, i'm really in i'm really going after mako but it's only because i get a great deal of pleasure out of it
1: <laughs> <laughs> well mako's just like a fun character to dunk on yeah he's like a fun character to like to just
0: yeah like he is kind of like a loser an, he isn't like an actual awful person, you know, like mm-hmm. he's just, he just sucks. Is what I keep saying. Like, maybe one thing if he was like, Cora dumped me or something, or Cora rejected me. Now I'm going to join the Equalist. Like that would make him an awful character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if he pulled some shit like that, it's like, you're a bender. How do you join the Equalist? And he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, like, didn't Marco, it. <laughs> I didn't uh, tell them I could bend he came like a petulant child that would make him awful but mm-hmm. uh he's mostly just a, a dumb idiot <laughs> like most
1: men in their teenage yeah. years
0: yeah we all go through a phase of being a dumb idiot <laughs> and then we always go like man i'm glad that's over and then we do something fucking stupid again <laughs> so, much like actual mako yeah that's just <laughs> like... life i guess mako's very reflective of the modern man yeah
1: uh, Mar- well, Marco's a millennial. He's a yeah. millennial man. Thank God he doesn't have social media. Oh, you know? yeah. If he had a Twitter, like, every week, every other week when he was, like, bouncing between Asami and Korra, he would turn into, like, one of those, like, black Twitter icons, you know?
0: <laughs> well, he'd just, well, he just, like, be very vague, and it's just being a lot happening today. Send <laughs> tweet. <laughs> be, like, and be like, man, I don't even want to
1: talk about what just happened. But he'll tweet that like three times in a week.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's him every other day. I guess now would be a good time to pivot to the emotionally devastating moment where Lynn sacrifices herself and loses her bending.
1: Yeah. Uh, If this show was like an ounce darker, I think she dies here. Yeah. Um, Which I'm glad doesn't happen because that character has a lot of mileage uh, left, I believe.
0: And the, the the that's that that losing their bending thing is always like upsetting. Even when it happened to Tarlock, like I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like an awful thing to do to someone.
1: <laughs> yeah, you I know? mean Yeah, you're you're taking like a part of them, essentially, mm. you know?
0: And I remember the uh, Lynn losing her bending upsetting me so much the first time around that I was basically like white knuckling it <laughs> through these last few episodes, like waiting for it to happen. Because I I didn't remember what episode it happened in.
1: Yeah, I I was convinced on on first watch. I remember I was like, I think we're not going to see her again.
0: Yeah. Um, We kind of don't
1: until the last episode.
0: Yeah, she does a little bit, but we'll get more into that um, with the very last episode, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the last thing we see in this episode, um, before all the phones were shut down in Republic City... Tenzin got a message out to General Iroh, um, the general of the United Forces, I guess?
1: Yeah, United Forces, which I guess is like the UN, but yeah. they actually do stuff.
0: Yeah, they have six boats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's something. I mean, look, that's actually, I would rather live in that world, <laughs> like, where it's like the most powerful military is six boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what I and they and they don't serve any one nation so that's better I guess mm-hmm. um, but yeah we he's, it's the grandson of Zuko and he's on his way
1: he is also voiced by Zuko's voice actor
0: yep <laughs> Dante Mosco. another like, like fan servicey moment but I like that that was enjoyable
1: yeah. no no I, I like it too it's very sweet and um again something that differentiates this show from the last airbender is how like immediately it kind of stacks up the cast, you know, with like supporting characters and they just like kind of keep coming back, you know,
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, unless they exit the series abruptly, which also happens a lot more <laughs> in this show than I remembered, <laughs> at least in more than the last airbender. I think like yeah. two people died in the cast. Yeah. It's like
0: this one, Cora <laughs> threw a guy off a roof. never not a confirmed death but uh
1: you know it's it's not looking good either for him judge 11 skeletons in the closet uh republic city's on lockdown the equalists run the show cora and everyone hide in a hobo camp
0: i know and that's and the hobos are great again it's like i told you i love that guy Mm -hmm. because he's like a fancy hobo um, should have been voiced by Paul F. Tompkins, fran- frankly. I, keep, I think I brought that up, but it's like that guy has a Paul F. Tompkins look. Uh, but he, he makes, the, the homeless guy makes a point where he's like, I don't I don't care about benders and non-benders because I'm homeless. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. They're not, fucking Amon's not going to help me. <laughs> and it's like, that kind of like points out the whole flaw with Amon's philosophy. Mm-hmm. Of being like we gotta make everything equal by taking people's bending away, uh, doesn't Poland call him a noble hobo?
2: Oh
1: yeah, you are a wise and noble hobo. That's great. Yeah. Asami
0: does not seem to like the hobos though.
1: No, well the food does look not great.
0: The food came literally out of the garbage. Yeah, and, and I think that that's her problem. <laughs> and Asami has been living it up in a mansion her whole life. Yeah. So. Here you
1: go. Here's here's a pet peeve criticism for the rest of Legend of Korra. Then mm-hmm. this hobo who I've just looked up on the Avatar Wiki fandom is mm-hmm. named Gomu, and he doesn't appear after this. He doesn't Damn. get talking. He 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 appears one time at a very pivotal moment that I totally forgot about. But um, he should have been a recurring character, and I'm upset that he was not. Frankly, I hope again a pet peeve, but uh. I like him. He's very funny, and he makes me happy. And he is a wise and noble hobo.
0: Yes. I hope he's uh, doing better whenever we see him silently. (laughs) Next.
1: I don't remember, so we'll see. I'm looking at the description of when it is, but I don't know what he looks like, so who knows?
0: Well, he's pretty fancy dressed for a hobo. Oh, my
1: God. Did we talk about who voiced him?
0: Oh, no, did we? I might have mentioned it steven root oh that that was steven root yep shit all right that's great that's so fucking awesome <laughs> wow they really did go all out for the voice cast
1: yeah i'm very happy right now yeah. um yeah so they're all they're all living on the edge of republic city basically Uh, And he's got um, his, like,
0: own hobo network, which is great.
1: Oh, yeah, that rules so much.
0: And this is, we kind of tap into
1: the class stuff again, like you were mentioning, um, where it's, like, you know, without, like, the walls of class, all these people just live together. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And that's, that rules. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, I, 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 like, I don't know. I think it maybe muddles the metaphor a little bit, you know? No,
1: no, the season's very, like, thematically muddy.
0: But I think there's more to it than, like, you know, I feel like there's got to be, like, 17 essays out there that are titled Amon Was Right or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which I definitely don't think is true. Mm -hmm. But um, I also think it's just the benefit of hindsight. And, again, I think this handles it better than The Dark Knight Rises did. Like, I'm not trying to dunk on The Dark Knight Rises too much. Mm -hmm. But, like, I like that movie, but it does feel like they kind of co-opted a lot of the imagery of Occupy Wall Street, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, but then didn't, didn't really know what to say about it. Well, they're very,
1: again, they're so similar, not just like in execution, but like in how the villains like acquire like their power. Like, they use like a genuine like faults of the institutions and like structures of the societies they're trying to like take over. But I think the stories themselves, like, that's such a big leap as an antagonistic force for the. For the heroes to go up against, right? That yeah. to resolve that, you kind of have to do it for like the rest of your show <laughs> to mm. like explain how to make that better, or 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 like movie, whatever, right? Yeah. You you need to like spend a lot of time going over the aftermath of that, and these I... kind of don't, and mm. that's hard to do. Even if they did, yeah. Like this I'm feels glad like they needed. go here. I'm glad they go there, but it's a lot, and. They just, they they can't
0: really wrap it up in a little bow. Yeah, it feels like it needed an epilogue. And again, I wonder how much of this is just left over from the fact that this was supposed to be a mini series.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. a lot of stuff's wrapped up really quickly. Yeah, and they do touch
1: on some of that in the beginning of book two. Like they did this because of this, mm-hmm. but it's it's literally like just touched on, and then it's a new story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'll have to wait and see, because I have not... Uh, again, I'm going through it, like, with the show, because I don't want to, because I'll just end up bringing up shit that happens yeah, later. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, um, I, I started book two already, and I, I do kind of regret that, because I know I would be talking about these even more in depth if I hadn't.
0: Okay. Um,
1: But these last episodes, other than, like, the genuine issues we brought up, are mm-hmm. otherwise, I think, very entertaining and very emotionally impactful. Even if they're mm-hmm. not, like consistent through lines you know what i mean
0: yeah i think it it, it hits its mark more than it misses mm-hmm. you know um but the united forces show up i guess we should and like, their six ships get taken out um, <laughs> oh yeah because they also invented planes now <laughs> yeah i got a lot of flashbacks to michael bay's pearl harbor because they the, the the bombs they drop do a lot of like the bombs from that movie
1: yeah, the Bayhem camera with the spinning.
3: Yeah,
1: United Forces Fleet gets taken out, and uh, it looks like for a second they take out General Iro like immediately.
0: Yeah, that would have been that would have been a fucking. You know what? I would have kind of loved it to be like, oh, here comes Iroh and he blows up. Like yeah, it's like
1: <laughs> oh, it's gonna be the reunion of the next generation. <laughs> and oh, never mind. <laughs> But no, no, I'm I'm glad the show doesn't get that dark. I think there's like levels to this that you kind of have to like, yeah, acclimate to, and that that might have been too much.
0: So now he has to go underground too, and goes to the Hobo Network, um, and they send out a message to Commander Boomy, um, Tenzin's brother. Mm-hmm. Commander Boomy, you can recall his past lives. <laughs> and... <laughs> um so that guy's gonna show up again it's a little bit of shit i really want to talk about boomy but he's like he has only a cameo in this season
1: i know so. well, there's a lot to talk about later though so I, I feel comfortable holding him off but yeah the rest of this episode is kind of just like setting up for the finale
0: yeah yeah it's a lot of that and there's a lot of action in this which it's good action but this is one of those things where i actually had a similar problem i've been rewatching. i think i brought it up uh yu yu haka show did you ever watch that
1: I didn't. Remember, I wasn't, like, a super big anime kid.
0: Yeah. Um, It's a really good show, but then, like, at a certain point, the themes and ideas of the show start becoming more interesting than the action, Mm -hmm. but then the action kind of still has to take over at a certain point, and, like, it it does this weird thing where it kind of throws off the balance where it's like, I'm less interested in the fights because I want to see how, like, they solve this on an emotional level, you know? Mm-hmm. which is sometimes great, but sometimes it can be a detriment, especially if you're like, you front load it with action, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Where it's like, I really want to know how all this shit's going to play out, but I'm less interested in it, how it turns out in like a show of strength and more just like, how are they going to solve this problem? Um, Cause also, you know, uh, Amon's taking over the city. A lot of people seem happy about it, <laughs> <laughs> Like, all the benders are not, but a lot of other people seem happy, so... Yeah,
1: and again, that's, like, one of those things that the show just can't really, like, address in, like, a... I think in a way that feels completely authentic, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, it's such a big, like, discussion that needs to be had there, yeah. basically. And so there's probably a reason why they cut ahead six months after the season finale.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's also, like, one of those things where you'd have to, it'd have to be a quieter ending, which is something that nerds always struggle with, frankly. And they still struggled with this one anyways, so fuck them, is what what I'm gonna say. I guess there's just no winning. Well, hey, I think there's a lot more that's, like, legit worth complaining about here than I have seen with other endings where it's like, why didn't Luke Skywalker fucking throw up walker in the air with the force.
1: Oh no no, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh specifically this first season. Like yeah. there's there's definitely stuff here. Um Uh one of the, the things that I I don't know if it's just me wanting to see more from these characters or if it's something that I that might be a valid enough critique on its own. But like Mako and Asami have broken up by this point. But it's not like they didn't have a scene like or scenes like to really develop that beyond we just broke up while we were in hiding. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like a a line of dialogue, a parting message as the two teams head off to stop the airships and to take on Amon.
0: She kissed him on the cheek, which is like her sign of like, it's over, but I still care about you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we still needed like a cathartic moment where she told Mako to fuck off. Yeah. You know, like that's the, that's all that's really missing. Like I can understand her being angry in the moment. And then when it comes to a life or death situation, she can be like, he was a shitty boyfriend, but that doesn't mean I want him dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I guess, and I also think that means don't kiss him on the cheek. Like, <laughs> there's other ways to show that you care about someone.
1: Like, just a hug. There's, this is a great series for hugging.
0: Or a friendly handshake, which is something people do.
1: A friendly handshake, yeah, but, like, I, I say hugging just because, like, Everyone in this series hugs because mm-hmm. everyone becomes friends at some point, almost like even back to the last airbender, like hugging was just like something that everyone did, so that's why I'm, I'm going there.
0: But what about Christian side hug?
1: Christian side hug's fine, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, well, a, Cora wants to face him on, she's like, I'm sick of running around, and everyone's like, Well, that was the plan, she's like, Fuck that, I'm gonna face this guy. Um, and uh, Mako tags along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael tags along and then, um... He's like, "Cora, I gotta be with you. Uh. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's how he sounds with everything. I know. I mean, he has the same energy when he was like, what are you doing breaking into Asami's house? And then it's like, oh man, the finals are coming up. <laughs> 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 sorry I shouldn't laugh that hard at my own stupidity uh-huh. no, it, was, it was funny it's fine um, oh, oh Mako and that's when Asami humors him <laughs> and she's like there's a good to fair chance he's gonna die I might as well give him a kiss on the cheek <laughs> that's my that's my fan read of that moment <laughs> gets close yeah um, and then they, they that's when they go and they run into Tarlock.
2: who reveals
0: that he's Amon's brother.
1: Whoa. And usually this is a very, like, I roll my eyes, tap out. Like, of course, someone's the evil brother, yada, yada, bullshit, yada. But I think it works significantly better here because, like, Korra is trying to live up to the potential of Aang, the antagonists of this season are directly trying to live up to the potential of their own father, or yeah, the their own like paternal figure
0: of the father that they hated.
1: Yes, I mean like that's Which the is... thing they hated him, but it's still like Yacone still ingrained that in them. Oh yeah, Yacone's their father also.
0: That's <laughs> that's almost oh yeah, Yacone was their father. That's another important point. Um, that's something that is like a theme in the show that's almost too heavy for this show to think about. And I, I don't think you can really grasp it when you're uh, a teenager. Um, I think even some adults wouldn't. But I, the amount of people... Like, I'm lucky because like, I love my father and we, we get along very well. But the amount of people that I know that hated their father and are now turning into their father has been really distressing. It's it's it's
1: very uh i don't i don't think there's a better way to put it than distressing cuz i it it's something you see a lot of
0: yeah and it's one of those things where it's like you know you have to kind of teach this lesson to people early but if you try to teach to them early they won't understand it you know mhm like it's it's a hard thing to be like well you're going to end up like your father even if you hate them you know <laughs>
3: mhm
0: <laughs> which is like not a great lesson you want to that's a hard lesson to learn
1: it is and I think even though like not everyone's going to understand it when they're younger maybe not everyone understands it even as they get older but it's such a vital lesson I think to express at some point Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they put it out there like that you know like this series is very good at like expressing very empathetic themes with its storytelling that whether or not you catch them and we know plenty of people don't that it's there for people that ultimately um look for them. Yes. You know. Uh also Yukon yeah, is like he's in maybe 5 minutes of this entire series and he's like one of the most disgusting pieces of garbage like in the entire like series. He's the
0: worst character? He so might be. Like he's of... he's really bad. Like he I think is it's despicable. Only like... It's like the fire lord from from um, last airbender is about it like yeah
1: like they'd be drinking buddies and then they'd go home and beat their wives.
0: yeah well you, what the weird the weird thing is which is also like that weird dynamic that happens in like abusive households where it's like it's it's kind of obvious that he wasn't abusive to the wife, you know mm-hmm. like he was very nice to her but treated the children terribly. Which is that, like, weird dynamic that sometimes develops in families. Yeah, and, you
1: know, to get a little real for a second, like, that's something you hear about people, like, that are abusers. That, like, well, no, I, I know them. They're a good person. Like, they were, they're were, they kind to me. And yeah. it's like, that's they're not always kind to everyone, and that's the mm-hmm. point you're supposed to hear people out on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is something that we're terrible at. Very, unfortunately. Um... Yeah, we learn, and uh, Yacón taught him all the blood bending, which is just awful. It's just yeah, awful. It, it's it's.
1: I'm glad this is like the last of it yeah. for the series because like it's it's really fucking harsh, and uh, I'm glad they didn't keep going back to this well. And it, no spoilers, but I'm glad Cora never does it.
0: All right, here's something I got to bring up though. Mm-hmm. Did I bring up Afro Circus yet? No. Because if if anyone remembers Afro Circus, which was all over the ads for Madagascar Three,
1: no, oh my god,
0: that was the ad that was always playing in between Legend of Korra. <laughs> Is that why you? <laughs> yes. Well, because I just I remember back in the day, it became a meme because of Korra, because everyone would sit down every week. And it would just be like, Jesus Christ, it's the Afro Circus ad again. <laughs> and so people started working it into Korra, where they would find a way to just do the Afro Circus. It was bizarre. Someone tied it into blood bending at a certain point. Oh, no. Yeah. I wish I could find that gift to send to you. You don't have to. It, no, it's it's funny if you like that sort of thing.
1: I, I don't like anything,
0: but I can't tell you the emotional whiplash of like watching something like this, <laughs> where it's like oh abusive relationships, bloodbending, awful stuff, brothers turning against each other, thinking they were dead, a father dying prematurely, be- realizing you became like your abusive father even though you want didn't want to, and then that 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 circus. Like... It's hard to again, which is maybe part of like a why it was hard to do the show week for week instead of all at once. And B maybe why Nickelodeon started turning on it. <laughs> Cause suddenly it became, maybe it became harder to be like, what fucking ads are we going to play on between this show?
1: <laughs> yeah, because um, I guess
0: you're going to have to I, play I, a I, clip of Afro circus.
1: I know. I know. I know. But like, I'm sure that one was a big hit in theaters. I think all the Madagascar sequels made money to the point where they're still talking about a fourth one. Um, and that's, that's the they one did that, that, that was spinoff.
0: That was the one that was written by what's his face. Uh, oh, Marriage Story. Story guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was but, going um, through a divorce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but. Um, yeah, the people so, that watched. The marriage story
0: is connected to Madagascar, which is connected to Legend of Korra.
1: But people that tended to watch Legend of Korra didn't exactly seek out Madagascar three. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you did, it's like there's they're the completely opposite things. No,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even even like the best case scenario for them, like it, it wasn't a big crossover. <laughs> which makes it even funnier. Um but there is a nice moment where uh, Tarlock, you know, like, he's had literally everything taken from him at this point. Where he's, like, he literally has nothing left and he's yeah. kind of asking for the Avatar's help to help them put an end to, like, the sad story that is their lives. Korra you know?
0: literally says, this is the saddest story I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now that's, a you know, there's a whole debate about, like, should you have characters, like speak their emotions so blatantly i don't really know how well else you process what just happened so yeah,
0: well also i i think that i'd rather not see like if this was seven samurai i wouldn't want to see that moment but this is a children's show i kind of think you need a moment like that he does say the devastating thing where he's like i was still haunted by the shadow of my father which is like wow yeah <laughs> Cut to Afro Circus,
1: because <laughs> well, they, they do cut to uh, a trailer because they, they aired these two last episodes as like a full hour season finale. Oh so my
0: God! So there's like a hundred percent chance Afro Circus played after this story.
1: Yep, and we'll get to the big moment that became a meme, uh, in the ne- in the finale with SpongeBob. Are you familiar with this? Oh,
0: I no, I don't know this one. Okay, well let's let's oh. head
1: into the chapter twelve yeah. end game.
0: Well, I just want to say that the one thing to take away from this is like now they're like we know something about Amon. He's a bender. He can blood bend. He can water bend. We now have the upper hand. We can expose it. But then they say the unfortunate thing, where she says, um, "Then we can undermine the whole revolution." <laughs> yeah, maybe not the angle to take, Cora. But she she's still learning, and I would well, argue this this is, the show's again, still
1: on a learning this, curve too.
0: This is still the Obama era, where it's like. Because, like, the two things that were going on at the time, we have to remember, in the Obama era was the fucking, like, Occupy Wall Street, which everyone treated like a joke. And then there was the Tea Party, which was a stupid, fake revolution. <laughs> and, like, with which platforms were shit, like, where's Obama's birth certificate? And we treated that like a joke, and then one of their biggest members became president. <laughs> anyway um asami bolin and uh general iroh they find the secret airbase and then they get immediately captured um <laughs> asami does a very stupid thing in that which is like this is like where they're still trying to figure that character out clearly mm-hmm. where she's like how come there's fence posts up but no fence and then they get electrocuted
1: yeah that's not great but
0: that feels like bolin should have made that mistake
1: mm-hmm. and she should have been like wait no and then, Wait, you
0: know. no, and then they all get electrocuted. Yeah. Because Bolin is an idiot. Yeah, and
1: she's, like, inventing technology.
0: Mm. <laughs> so. Maybe Lynn can just find a girlfriend and everything will work out.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I wonder what you mean by that.
0: <laughs> That's what they call foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Amon this... holds another rally. Oh, yeah. And, uh. We also we wouldn't really talk about it, but Tenzin and his family, with a limb sacrifice, got to safety. Uh, only they didn't because Amon told them at this rally.
0: Yeah, that's a weird beat. It is. That's yeah. that's a weird one. I don't know how I really feel about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like in the moment, this all works for me, and I you know what to to the credit of the season finale as a whole. In the moment, I think it all actually works. Like yeah. pacing, the excitement emotion it's only when you kind of take a step back to think about it some of the stuff like you're like wait a second like this well, doesn't think, all work
0: i think at the end it's like more like that Toph sacrifices a lot more about how she's come around to back to liking tenzin you know you mean Lin? like uh lynn yeah yeah <laughs> um what did i say Toph. oh shit um yeah lynn can't you know, stop I the keep, Toph. yeah i was gonna say Bayfong, and then like i was like oh Toph beifong and uh <laughs> No, no, Lynn um, came back around because at the beginning of the season she was just like outright disdainful of Tenzin. So, like it, I think it all still works on like an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Um, Plot wise, I don't know, maybe missed a beat or two, but uh, whatever. Not like not like the most egregious thing that happens in this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's still very exciting, and um, it. It heightens the stakes even more because it's like the like you mentioned, it's the one time where they finally have a leg up on Amon and then immediately he's like, Oh, but I have this trump card over here. So it's still like
0: anonymous Gothamites has the trigger. (laughs) 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 This is a bomb. This bomb is mobile.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) That's what it is.
0: Um Yeah, yeah, so She's like, Cora shows up at the rally and is like, you're a bloodbender.
3: And <laughs> he's like, fake.
0: no, I'm not. And everyone at the rally's like, what? <laughs> um, Again, it's a little weird. It's a little, like, I don't... This is that thing where it's like, I feel like they ran into problems. Where it's like, oh, so exposing him as a bender is going to destroy the whole movement? Like, I don't know. It, it's a little odd to me, you know? Well,
1: yeah, I, I think it's that thing where, like, the face of... If a movement has, like, a face as its figurehead, like, yeah. it does... It, it is more susceptible to, like, falling apart. Like, yeah. we we I think we've seen that in reality, more or less. We're going to see how the Trump stuff plays out, obviously. Because um, there's, like, a deeper problem there as a whole. But, like, for here... Uh, I also want to say that when she does call him out in front of everyone, it doesn't work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it it immediately fails. Yeah. Um, And then
1: he shows uh, his fake scars on his face.
0: He's like, see, I am scarred. Uh, But I would say I think they really needed to play up of the fact that Amon was kind of like a religious figure, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is probably something very hard to get away with in children's television. No. You know, to be, like, he's outright, like, a cult leader. Um, Because, I like, that would... Like, if he was, like, Fulsa Doom from Conan the Barbarian, like, it would have worked. And so what I'm saying is Cora should have cut his head off. (laughs) (laughs) And then hung it, held it over the crowd and just threw it. (laughs) I don't don't know about that. (laughs) That would have been... Yeah, everyone would be talking about it, though. (laughs) I guess. I totally forgot to share that image on election night. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> um yeah, they uh and then Mako and Korra go save Tenzin and his family. Mm. Uh and it looks like for a second that uh it's not gonna work out great for, for Korra and Mako. And uh Tenzin's like all fucked up, right? He,
0: he's out of it. Yeah um, they're, they're just kinda t- we don't know what happened behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um,
3: um man, and then, that's, yeah, it's, but we're uh, kind of just
0: dark to think about how they got captured, so I'm not gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the important thing is that Korra's fails immediately in trying to expose Amon, but it puts that seed of doubt in the lieutenant's mind, which is important
1: as they're getting chased behind the scenes. Mach and Korra go into hiding, and then Amon overpowers Korra and
0: takes and her Mach bending up. away,
1: yeah. Yeah, but uh he More Mako gets bending. the upper hand on him really quick with mm-hmm. the that electricity thing. Yeah. Uh oh no, but before that then the lieutenant sees him bloodbending them.
0: He's like, I saw you, you're a fake, you've been lying to me. Um That's like the most dialogue he's had. This yeah. Whole well it's like you know what? That's kind of a a good move though, where it's like we we need Lance Hendrickson for that one scene. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like you're totally you're totally right.
1: Uh, I, I think it would have been nice to see that character come back and kind of try to keep the Equalist movement
3: alive. Yeah,
0: that's to me like the move where it's like, I they, they try to wrap up the Equalist thing like so quickly at the end. And it feels like there's there would still be a lot of tension in the air. <laughs> you know, and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to see how that played out when they're not being muscled around by like a bunch of religious nuts.
2: Yeah. Know? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, but, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. again, it's, like, I feel like that's a, a fault of this originally being a mini series. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I guess he dies, <laughs> like... Yeah, he gets um, thrown into a box. Well, he, well, into a pile of wood
1: after yeah. being bloodbended into the air. And, like, that makes sense because he knows his secret, uh, and people would actually believe him. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's kind of like the Jet thing, though, where it's like, did he die?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, and that unlike <laughs> Jet, though, this one hasn't been confirmed, so.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right, huh? Uh, oh, yeah, so Jet's,
0: then. Jet's dead. Yeah. That's wild to think about.
1: Yeah, it's, it's he's a child, and they killed he's him. Ch-
0: he tried, yeah, you know what? He was a terrorist, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> we don't negotiate with terrorists. No. Um. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? Unfortunately. But, uh... Yeah,
1: Korra getting her, her bending taken away and Mako getting the upper hand. He gets to play the knight in shining armor for a second and, and he's, starts he's, carrying
0: her out. He's Whitey the White Knight. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> um, but then he, too, also gets, like, crazy fucked up in the yeah,
0: hallway. He, f- he fails still. Uh, he tries to carry Korra, but then gets caught. Um, he's gonna lose his bending. And in that moment... Uh, korra is able to airbend do we like that sure (laughs) okay (laughs) again it's a little bit of a problem where it's like we've been building up how much mako sucks (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then that also inspires her act of heroism um yeah i don't know uh i mean i get it i guess like (sighs) this again this is that whole episode where it's like Mako so clearly sucks. And then this whole episode calls in the question whether or not the show realizes he sucks,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah. Like, not that I'm like, ah, oh, Mako, fuck him. He deserves to get hurt. Like, I don't believe that. I just, I'm not sure if he would be the, the emotional catalyst.
1: Yeah. That's kind of uh, the thing. And it's also just like, it, it doesn't, feel like it builds off the conflict of Korra's problem with spirituality and airbending, because yeah. it's still it was... like a physical exertion of yeah. of her abilities
0: now, if it was going to happen with Tenzin I'd buy that, honestly um, mm-hmm. uh, but
1: yeah, because there's at least that connection there
0: you know mm-hmm. well, I think a lot of what goes on with Korra as we go on is that, like her losing her bending, she breaks that avatar connection for that moment, you know Mm-hmm. Like in that moment, she stops being the avatar. But when she loses all that, that's what finally frees her into being herself, you know? Which yeah. is really what she's been struggling with. She's been, and, you know, not in the sense that, like, she's denying who she really is. She doesn't even know who she really is, which is something everyone that age goes through yeah. of trying yeah. to figure that out. Yeah. And, and she's she... been positioned to live up to other people's expectations this whole season.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, uh,
0: it's it's just like I don't see how Mako is the thing it comes down to though.
1: Yeah, it's it's an aspect of her life, but even that isn't like that's not going to drive home her own like comfort and identity and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, like it the, the way the season closes out, it does work as a mini series and I don't think that it needed to at the end. And that's really like Unfortunately, does... what kind of lets it down at the end?
0: Um, so yeah, Cora Cora airbends the shit out of Amon, um, tosses his ass out a window,
1: and again is actually very exciting to watch. It's just like the, it needs that that final piece of the puzzle to make it feel really yeah. earned and exciting mm-hmm. and wholesome and shit. But uh, it was, yeah, it's, then... it's
0: it's really like it's literally like missing the mark where it's like you just saw an amazing gymnastics routine and they just don't stick that landing mm-hmm. you know and it's not like awful like it doesn't like destroy the whole thing this isn't like some uh, uh, like final season that like now taints all the previous episodes <laughs> it's just like i can see what they were going for and i just think they missed yeah um, but uh i'm on like at first when cora throws him out the window all the people are like it's a dirty bender doing some bending shit and but then Amon bends, and then all the non-benders realize he's a fake. Also, his scars wash off with water. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> Corwin think that uh, a solution to that one up, <laughs> no. throwing him out a window. <laughs> Strategy is not one of Cora's strengths.
1: <laughs> no, not initially.
0: Yeah,
1: Almost. yeah. The, the show, I think, in, in in some ways is aware of the character's flaws, and in others mm. isn't. But by the later stories it starts like almost making I, that a part of its own journey too, you know? Like it starts spoiling building it, on that.
0: I do like as it goes on where it's like she's like, all right, I have to start thinking things through a little more. And then she starts doing that, but then she still fucks up like initially. Like yeah. that's great <laughs> mm-hmm. when that starts happening. Um but again we'll get there. Um meanwhile like the the other thing we keep cutting back and forth to is Asami Bolin and Iroh, they got broken out by, uh, Naga, and they're just having this, like, aerial battle. Yeah. <laughs> and I... robot battle. Asami takes over a mech suit, um, and fights her father.
1: Yeah, um, I just want to touch on Iroh really quick, because he's, he's just, like, a fun supporting character. There's not a lot going on there, but, uh, Ooh. he shoots himself into the sky with yeah. the fire bending and just blows up a bunch of planes, knocks off the Amon mask that was put onto the Aang statue and then says, thanks for looking out for me, Aang, when the statue saves his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just like, oh yeah, that's another thing for the fans, but it's like,
3: that's it's cute. nice. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, little it's
1: little a it works as like a generational, like handing off torch bullshit. Um, Asami's dad almost kills her. Yep. That's like that a, a very heavy moment in this <laughs> very heavy season where... He's like, I now see there's no hope for saving you. (laughs) Like, good lord.
0: (laughs) What a shitty dad.
1: The worst. A lot of shitty
0: dads. A lot of shitty dads on Mm -hmm. this show.
1: And I think that's like one of the unspoken beauties of Asami's character. Where it's like, she's surrounded by these people that are so tainted by the expectations of those people before Mm -hmm. them. And she's able to grow out of it like already, you know. Yeah. Like she's able to move away from that and starts using that to to try and do good with the avatar and her industry and all that jazz.
0: That means her father really must have fallen apart after his wife's death. <laughs> and she had to grow up really quickly.
1: Yeah. So. all of it says
0: just bad things about her dad <laughs> yeah. yeah Well, look i'm not gonna be down on a guy for grieving his wife i am gonna be down on a guy for becoming a terrorist because his wife died <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh and shout out to bolin for also saying that he's a terrible father but yeah so they they basically save the day but it's like no one's really like cheering with victory at the at end of this
0: yeah, yeah it's uh well and also we get uh um Tarlock finally reunites with his brother and they leave on a happy speedboat. It's gonna be just like the old times. And
1: then Tarlock murder suicides them. And
0: they yeah, they, they both die. Uh-huh. Now this Afro is... circus oh, Um sorry. No,
1: that's not what happened. But there's an infamous screenshot. I don't know if it's legit, but I know it made the rounds on Tumblr, and I'll send it to you after this and I'll put it on the YouTube clip. Uh where after that explosion happens remember how they used to do like coming up next on Nickelodeon and they would oh, have the little no. things at the bottom of the screen?
0: Yeah. There's a
1: picture that popped up of SpongeBob laughing
0: and <laughs> <laughs> right then blew up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh that's amazing. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna send you the picture right now on Twitter. Yeah, maybe like Nickelodeon wasn't the perfect fit. What was it? Yeah, the I don't remember think so. Is that? <laughs> 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 it's like a mushroom cloud. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> great. Pretty amazing. <laughs>
1: uh, and I'll, I'll well, say. Well, I was
0: gonna say. I was just gonna say to be like, like this. Remember, like, Korra was kind of their like attempt. I mean, that uh Avatar: the Last Airbender was like their attempt to pivot to like a more. I won't say like adult, but like an action-oriented show. Mm -hmm. And it was really their only attempt.
1: Yeah. And that's probably why they wanted to cast off Legend of Korra afterwards, because they just stopped trying. Yeah,
0: Well, like at the time, like, I think it was like Avatar. They had that, they had um, reruns of that um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that was on a lot, which I never watched. Um, But like, that's more action-oriented. And then you had something like Danny Phantom. Do you remember Danny Phantom?
1: Oh, yeah. Gotta get to mom because he's Danny Phantom. Gotta
0: get to Yeah. And that was like a little more action-oriented. Yeah. Um, But it was still
1: very kid-friendly, you know? Yeah.
0: And, yeah, that and like my life as a teenage robot was like the other one. Um, Which, again, like like they're more kid-friendly, but they're trying to pivot to like action and long-form storytelling, Mm -hmm. which is a little similar to what Cartoon Network went through when they started doing stuff like Powerpuff Girls, you know? Mm -hmm. which is like an action show, but it's also a comedy show. Um, And I guess that Nickelodeon at some point just abandoned that. And then at some point they just abandoned making good cartoons in general.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I heard the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was good, but they also abandoned that.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? They are already?
1: I, I don't think it's been renewed for a third season, but I heard it's like amazing.
0: Wow, that's a... What the fuck is going on over there? I don't know. Whatever. This is baffling. I guess they maybe they were making more money through like their live action shit. Maybe because like, yeah. I mean they were doing they were successful enough on their and uh, Disney to make to make Cartoon Network try to pivot to live action for like one year, mm-hmm. and that failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what definitely doesn't age well
1: murder-suicide
0: well <laughs> um those live action shows
1: oh yeah yeah
0: like you can go back and visit cartoons and they still kind of hold up but for some reason those like live action shows like i saw drake and josh was on hulu and i was like I'm, i'll watch this just for like i'm at that point in quarantine <laughs> well i'll re-watch drake and josh and it's like i forgot there was like a fake laugh track under everything
1: yeah and man I'm good to just leave that in my happy memories of childhood, you know?
0: There's got to be a term for shows, because this, I apply this to, like, those shows and, like, uh, SNL as well, I would apply this to, where it's funnier watching GIFs or screenshots of the show than actually watching it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so, like, the running over Oprah and Drake and Josh. Yeah. That's, like, a hilarious GIF.
0: And then, yeah, like... it's funny to, like, see it, but it's not actually funny to watch. Yeah, uh, they blew up, they're dead, Spongebob thought it was hysterical. What do you think
1: about this as an ending for those characters? I'm I, glad I... they're
0: dead. I'm glad they're dead. <laughs> um, no, um... You know what, like, I, I don't like that it's kind of portrayed as, like, Tarlok be- doing, like, a noble thing, but, uh... I don't know, I, It's it's, like, tragic yeah like and I, I I don't think the show is saying that that's what they should have done, mm-hmm. but I see that that would be Tarlock's decision
1: yeah, yeah no like I I buy the the character authenticity of that situation, you know like that that feels yeah. honest to me. I just again it's part of that equalist thing where it's like i I want to see fallout from that because it's too complicated to kind of just brush under the rug. Yeah. Which they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's all. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, thought. I also
0: think you can start, we'll get into it a little bit more, but like, Korra, she's got airbending, but she's lost all her other bending. Even Katara can't heal her. Um, which I forgot Katara came back at the end. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Mako, taking advantage of another emotionally devastated <sighs> woman, confesses I, his love. I was gonna uh, say, like, yup, yep, yeah. here it is. Yeah, she goes to a cliff again to sit on her cliff, and Aang's spirit shows up and gives her some advice, and then that she goes into the Avatar state and is able to get all her bending back.
1: Uh, But do you remember what he says to her?
0: No. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Aang <What> says, is- <laughs> when we reach our lowest point, we are open to the greatest change.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's literally what happened, but, like, I think that's of. A- it's a very, I don't know if I completely, like, agree with it, like, just, like, on a personal level. But for the show, it's, like, a very beautiful sentiment for what she's gone through, you know? Well, that makes like,
0: that makes sense coming from Aang. I yeah. think that's, like, an Aang thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, especially more, like, adult, worldly Aang trying to be an air nomad, but also the Avatar, torn between two worlds. You almost kind of want Aang to show up, but he's like, dude, you're still the Avatar. You can connect to the Avatar state. You can get your bending back. It's that simple. <laughs> and
1: this is the the one criticism I think like that is pretty unanimous for the fandom, mm-hmm. because it was no longer a miniseries at this point. It would have been kind of nice to see Korra just use airbending for a while.
0: I disagree.
1: Really? Okay. Um, I, okay.
0: I was actually more nervous. I remember watching it being nervous because then I was like, "Oh, we're just gonna do." Because at this point, we knew more shows were coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, oh, we're just going to do like the sh- last airbender again. She's going to learn all the elements again. Like, I really didn't want that.
1: No, no, I, I, I'm i not saying I wanted that either. I definitely didn't. I wanted her to be cut off from them just for a little bit, just mm-hmm. to see. But knowing how the rest of the show plays out now, I am much more open to this.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess the benefit of hindsight really helps.
1: Yeah, I mean that right. that just like opens up every avenue of positivity for me with this show, mm-hmm. um, which of course we'll get into as we continue. But like, um... I
0: I also feel like this is maybe how the miniseries is supposed to end because now she has the power to restore bending to someone, which mm-hmm. Ang kind of like passes on to her, which is like. Oh, so instead of being an equalist by taking Bending away, she's going to give Bending to people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that was maybe the original way it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And also considering, without spoiling things, but considering developments that come later, like you feel like that was maybe the direction they were going to start heading in. Yeah. Um, but uh, because it this ended up not being a miniseries, that it kind of just changed a little bit. Uh, and that... then... Worst of worst, she says, "I love you, Mako. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part of the sh- the show. Yeah, it is. It is honestly, <laughs> uh, it's like the worst. Like of like like it was harder to watch that than the blood bending. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> she should have said she should have gone up to Mako and said, "You'll do," <laughs> <laughs> which I would have bought, but. So I was not a fan of that. Um.
1: Again, in the moment, like this all works, and I want to say that um, Jeremy Zuckerman is the composer for Legend of Korra, and his music in this is just like unbelievable. I really like the music in this series a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I, I think it's on par, if not superior, to the Last Airbender. Like I, have listened to to scores and soundtracks a lot just because I like this shit. I find myself listening to the Korra soundtrack a lot more. It's also, okay. like, more low-tempo, though, like, more relaxing than The yeah. Last Airbender, which is, like, doo, 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 doo,
0: doo, doo. you know? <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, I just wanted to shout him out because it's, like, it's really powerful in these final scenes, which yeah. I otherwise have complicated feelings about.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, I feel a lot better about the first season having revisited it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I remember the whole season kind of being a little rough and instead it's only like a fraction at the very end that I had a big problem with, you know? Yeah. And that's a lot better, frankly.
1: I'd say there's like the majority of the season I I still really love. And then every once in a while there's, there's just issues that keep popping up for me. But, um, coincidentally,
0: Mako keeps popping up. Yeah, that's crazy. That's something like they
1: coincide. <laughs> no, no, I I wouldn't even place all the problems. With yeah, him, yeah, we can't. Uh, <laughs> it's
0: it's a lot bigger than Mako being a douche, but but I'll definitely uh, keep saying
1: that is the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna um, lay. He's gonna take the brunt of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I I I still think it's a totally worthy successor to the Last Airbender, in uh in its first season, and I'm really looking forward to starting to talk about a uh, book two spirits. Yes. Which is otherwise not set up at all, and I honestly think that's a really fresh, uh, like, way to approach the Avatar universe, where it is an overarching character story, but there's no, like, overly complicated, consistent plot. Every season is a new thematic conflict.
0: I think uh, they inadvertently stumbled into the way they should structure this show, which is not to have an overarching thing like... um, after the last airbender had i mm-hmm. think it works so much better here to have more self-contained seasons yeah
1: also again like on the just the most basic fundamental level it's nice to have something different yes yeah that's that's literally it you know like mm-hmm. people say they want the same thing you don't i promise you you mm-hmm. don't just just follow along <laughs> you'll like it more
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but on that note
0: positive so oh, very positive on the first season then we're good. Yeah, I'm. I'm very positive. Um, I have been told by a lot of people that season two is the worst season. Now, I don't remember having problems with season two. Uh, I but I don't know. Like I, I remember watching it and really enjoying it. Um, it was kind of a shock to me that people kind of hold it in low regard. Um, so I'm interested to revisit it. Yeah.
1: I uh, I I shared that sentiment for a while is what I'll say now. That's okay. that's what I felt for a while.
0: Well also the thing was I always thought season one was the worst season. Mm-hmm. But th- having rewatched it, I really liked it, you know? Yeah. Um and it's it's gone up in my uh, memory, so uh yeah, I'm interested to revisit it um and see how I feel this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe I'll like it maybe I'll hate it I feel like one element of it I'm definitely not going to like but uh, we we'll all know what that. it is we're not going <laughs> to say
1: it but if you've seen it you know what it is
0: Um. but yeah I'm, I'm excited moving forward
1: yeah and um, uh, next time we won't be able to talk about six episodes because this is the only season with 12 episodes every season after this goes to like 14 to 13 so like 15 yeah, or we'll something I don't know it we'll a little check differently. <laughs> We'll yeah. figure it out. You um, will.
0: What was I going to say though? I was going to say something real quick. Um, I guess the the other thing to take away from this is, I was really nervous coming back to the show. Like I think I made the point in uh, last episode how it's like right after we're right after the election. The Trump era is officially over, and a big part of the Trump era has been revisiting stuff from the Obama era and going, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And stuff that we were all cool with, like, everyone's guilty. And I was worried that something similar would happen um, with Cora, and so far it hasn't. In fact, it's, like I said, it's only gone up mm-hmm. in, uh, in um, how I feel about it, so... Yeah,
1: so next time we'll be talking Book Two Spirits on the podcast. Legend of Core is good. Shut the fuck up and watch it with us. I don't know. All right. Whoa. Is, I just feel like I need to counteract the overwhelming negativity on YouTube somehow.
0: I guess, yeah. Yeah.
1: Or maybe my you know. maybe that reaction is too negative in a positive way or something. We'll, I don't we'll know.
0: see if we uh, you know. Um, thankfully, this is one of those times where I'm kind of thankful we don't have a giant audience.
1: <laughs> just overwhelming negative dislikes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just don't want people coming in and be like, actually, you're endorsing this. But well, I don't I don't read the comments, so. Yeah. Um,
1: it's usually so. just the Russian bots whenever I do a premiere episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. But, uh, Matt, where can the people find you?
0: I'm at EmperorOTN1 at Twitter.com.
1: And you can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, itunes and patreon we can get a sneak peek at book two spirits hey. how many episodes uh, of the show we're we gonna go over in a single recording you'll know before we do i guess <laughs> i don't know uh, like and subscribe if you didn't like this like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like so thanks for listening thanks for watching we've been professionally unprofessional